Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, all right. Start ya. Citizens of the universe. Recording angels. We have returned to claim the pyramids. Partying on the mothership. Contributors Mo uh, in the mix, and we're gonna have you on for pro- all three hours. <laughs> um, so welcome aboard, dude. We're fired up, and um, yes, yeah, so just awesome, awesome times all around. It's crazy that you drafted at least eight weeks ago. How fast things go by, and the fact that we're gonna be in like November in a blink of an eye. But week seven is here, and the teams that are on by this week are the Eagles. A lot of fantasy footballers there. And the Buccaneers. Seems weird when they have like so many teams that are on by and they only have two the last two weeks. Whatever. Uh, that's 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 the way they do it. But um, you know, I, I don't know. I guess any stories or any news of the weird or of the um, worth mentioning, we'll probably intermingle as we're talking through all these matchups. Um, but if you guys including have, all the yeah, injuries, including all the injuries and a lot of the changes for you know that owners got to stay on top of and. It's a crucial time. It's a, it's a real it's a real kind of time to either turn it up and be a relevant team, or uh, you know kind of fade away. And you know we always teach to stick with it and be pers- uh, perseverance keeps you going all the way, and you can always get in with a nice late run. Uh, so let's give you the information to help you do that. Um, so what do you guys think? Let's just start off on that Thursday night game. It's the Jets and the Patriots. Obviously, it used to be an awesome rivalry. Uh, what, and from a fantasy football standpoint, do you see happening other than the obvious? Um, where you got a guy like Tom Brady who was on the waiver wires in a lot of leagues two weeks ago, um, and it seems seemingly like they're starting to get it and turn it around. So, what do you guys expect from the Patriots? Let's go with first. Well, go ahead, Doug. You want it? But uh, you know what? It, it's I mean, it's not just turning it around. This is where I mean it. it, it 
they know what they're doing. Uh, Bill Belichick knows what he's doing. Um, he had a, a slightly different mix of characters this season. He's been mixing and matching, trying to figure things out a little bit. Uh, he had some injured guys uh, going into the season, so it wasn't as easy because the preseason was a little mixed up. Um, but now, it, now that he's got some healthy compliments, uh, they're on a roll. And they're going to keep on a roll for a while unless any other injuries come up for them. The Stevon Ridley injury may throw a little wrench into the mix. He's obviously. playing well. But uh, he has some big back backups uh, in a James White or a Brandon Bolden. We'll see how he plays that one out. <laughs> There's never been a shortage of backup running backs at a Bill Belichick uh, New England Patriot no. team. Who, if I was to ask you, because I have these guys involved, and I'll ask you, Mo. I'll, I'll ask you, if you were to say, out of those guys that you just mentioned, Bolden or James White, go on your hunch. If you, as Someone asked a great question on Facebook the other day. It's like, the gun to your head. Who are you, who are you calling? <laughs> and really, it made me think a little bit harder. It was kind of a smart move by this guy who asked the question. I'm like, gun to my head. All right, hold on. i got to reevaluate this. Um, Let me double check my sources yeah, before I'm, I'm, like, I'm like text messaging these guys. Yeah, like, what would you do? Um, I've had so, some ex-girlfriends who have put me to that, that test before. So I, I'm going to be able to answer this pretty easily, actually. <laughs> Fair enough. Mo, give me your thoughts. Who do you think? James White moving forward, and I'd love to hear from you guys because I think it's an important guy. I think one of those guys might be the difference maker on a fantasy football team. And it might be a two-headed monster and be both of them in some manifestation. But what are you thinking? Well, at this point, it's probably a, a guess. Your guess is as good as mine. And I really liked White um, coming into the season, and I was kind of looking for you know which guy should I go with, which guy can I pick up off the waiver wire. And to be honest, I, I still like White. Um, Bolden, so far this year, he's got 78 snaps on special teams. White has zero. So I think Bolden, he's crucial to the special teams. I think they're going to keep him there. They don't want to injure him. Huh. White's the guy they can plug in. So I was looking for this one because I need a running back. And if I was picking between the two, it'd be White. Bolden's just too crucial on special teams. I'm going to agree that it's also white, and I'm going to give another reason that always is a factor with rookies. Rookies don't always get a lot of playing time. Most of them don't get a lot of playing time early if they're not coming in to be the starter. They're kind of groomed in. We saw it happen on uh, on the Monday night game. Trey Mason finally got his shot to come back and, and start playing uh, for the Rams. So they, held, they, they had him inactive, I think, for the first four games or so of the season. Then they activated him for a game. Then he was inactive again. I think now they've been grooming him. We know what Brandon Bolden is. James White's that X factor. That's the guy that they drafted with an idea for him to come in in this type of situation. He'll come in with fresh legs, and he'll have a better understanding of the offense at this point. Now, I would 100% agree with Mo, and a lot of people out there don't understand all the little nuances that go on behind the scenes with a team. Uh, when it comes to special teams, there are certain guys that are crucial. Brandon Bolden is one of those guys that is crucial to the special teams, and the Patriots take pride in every facet of the game. Uh, if anybody knows Belichick, he doesn't, he doesn't mess around with anything when it comes to the game. Um, my guess, though, is, is that in the immediate future, I think that possibly this week they use Bolden because he's familiar. It might, uh, it might not move to white until maybe t two weeks from now, maybe three weeks from now. I'm guessing it'll only take one week for them to bring white completely up to speed. Hey, this is exactly what we're doing. 
Bolden has a hold of it. He knows what he's doing. I think they're going to give it to Bolden this week, especially since it's against an interdivision foe, somebody who Bolden knows and has played against and will be able to uh, understand what the Jets are doing as opposed to White, who's never faced them before, really. Well, and it's also you don't want to necessarily put your rookie into a situation against one of the tougher run defenses. Uh, yeah, you know, you, want, you don't want to set your future up to fail. Right. You Although, know. they're coming off of uh, Roddy Hillman just ran for 100 yards against him. Different type of runner. True. You know, and a different type of situation. The Jets were, uh, you know, playing the pass as much as they possibly could and did a pretty darn good job, I, I might say, against Manning. I mean, yeah, Manning threw for three touchdowns, but only 237 yards. That's impressive. Um, so I, but I, like I well, said, that, that's the one thing too for for anyone that's thinking about what what uh, Tom Brady's going to do. The Jets have only allowed one three hundred yard passer against them all all year, but they've given up fifteen touchdowns and only got one interception. Yeah. Okay. So it's still good timesville for uh, scoring touchdowns uh, as a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you Jets. you could drive against them, and it might not always necessarily be with the pass. Uh, but Brady's going to take care of business in this one. Tight ends do well; uh, will be doing well against the Jets. I think Wright gets involved a little bit. I think Vereen gets involved quite a bit, to be quite honest. Uh, and it'll be interesting. Mo, what do you got? Yeah, I like the tight end factor. Um, only ten teams have given up more fantasy points uh, to opposing wide receivers, but only four teams giving up more fantasy points to opposing tight ends. That being the Jets. Um, so far this year, to opposing tight ends, the Jets, 51 yards, two, tight, uh, two touchdowns to Julius Thomas. Uh, Antonio Gates, 60 yards, two touchdowns. For, and Eric Ebron scored his only touchdown of the season in week four. Black Unicorn, two touchdowns. Uh, that's seven TDs in the last four games. So, yeah, I like Gronk. And last time Jets came to town, he scored twice. And Gronk, I mean, Tim Wright, too. Tim Wright's yeah. starting to become... Uh, a viable option, you know. He really didn't do much in that in this week's game, other than a one-yard touchdown. But hey, that's great. I had to use him as a plug for Jimmy Graham, and I'll take those six points. Uh, but what so, he did was again. It, this is why it helps Brady. He he has game tape now of him doing good stuff in the offense. So once it's there, it opens things up for other people because now the defense is. Before, never would respect Tim Wright coming out. Yeah. Now they actually have to game plan and say, oh, we have to account Is for Is he him. the next Aaron Hernandez uh, option in or this just, offense? He absolutely must be accounted for. So now now that gives Brady more one-on-one options. And here's what I really want to say. In watching the game, yes, Brady's doing some great things fantasy. But who they traded? They traded Mankins to get Wright. So we know that Wright's got to be getting some action because, to be honest, Brady is getting crushed. That offensive line's like Swiss cheese. I've never seen Brady running for his life more. Uh, they are going to have to really pull that together if if he's going to be on you know playing through the season because he is getting hit like I haven't seen him ever get hit. And, well, and that brings uh, up another it, point not, about the James White and Brandon Bolden. Who's going to be able to block for him? There you go. Who's, what, what's that answer? Well, I mean, that's why they loved White coming out though because it was all around play. You know. Yeah. Well, it's not just that. It also explains a lot of what's, uh, of what's been going on the whole year. Why they've been. Uh, sitting Aaron Dobson and and the long ball opportunity. Uh, he doesn't have the time. Right? He doesn't have the time. He's got to get those short passes off, uh, which is why LaFell has been doing very well, uh, which is why Edelman, of course, is catching all his passes. Gronk, from what Brady said, Gronk is back 100%. That he's, he's fine and he's good to go no matter what. Um, but Wright's going to get more involved. I mean, he hasn't been playing a lot of snaps. 
I think he got only like 18 snaps last week or something like that. Obviously, only had the one target. It happened to be a touchdown, which was nice for those who happened to try him out uh, uh, for a week. But uh, obviously, they didn't get PPR type stuff or anything like that. But that's what's that's what's going to happen for a little bit here. They're going to have to deal with life without a, a banger like Stevon Ridley, one of the most underrated bangers actually in the league, if you ask me. Um, so I, we'll see what happens, but I think they go back to a quick short pass game that's going to involve Wright, that's going to involve the short guys. Adelman might actually get into this game a little bit. You know what? Talking about the bangers, too, look at the other side of the football. Look at the Jets. Look how ineffective this run game has been for the team formerly known as ground and pound. Uh, you know, <laughs> Now it's called... Ground, lean ground beef. <laughs> minced, minced ground beef. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. I, I don't have the stats in front of me to know exactly what it was last week, but I want to say, like, Chris Ivory had, like, nine yards rushing, and uh, Chris Johnson had, like, seven yards rushing. I don't think anyone had double-digit rushing yards last week. Well, uh, granted, that's against an underrated uh, Denver defense. Right. Okay. But, I mean, but if your identity is as a running team, you got to be able to run the ball, and so this is, you know, it adds to the to the whole. Run the ball fifty yards at least. What's that? You got to be able to run the ball at fifty least. yards. Val in the mix. Yeah, no, it was eight carries for seven yards. For oh, it's your lips. It's so good. <laughs> dollar for a dollar, it does taste pretty good. Absolutely, eight carries for seven yards out of Ivory. Yep. Three for nine out of Chris Johnson. There you go. Two for four out of Below Paul. Nobody had 10 yards rushing. Now, here's the difference. Denver knew that that's all that they could do. Denver sold out to stop that run, and they said, Geno Smith, go ahead and try and beat us. Geno actually did pretty good. He had a pretty decent game, but uh, other than that, obviously, I mean, if teams sell it to stop that run, they're not going to do a whole lot. Mo, what do you got? Well, not that I like either of those guys, the two uh, running running backs for the... The Jets, but if I gotta pick my poison, I'm going Ivory. If you look at the trend, Johnson, man, every game attempts 13, 12, 10, 6, 7, 3. It's just going down, dropping severely every game. They're just moving him out of snap count, out of opportunities. So between the two, I definitely would go Ivory if I had to make my pick. Uh, There's been a lot of talk and a lot of a lot of. Uh, players within the organization, uh, the coach, uh, you know, I don't know, talk within the organization that they're going to start using Chris Johnson a little bit more in the uh, the passing game. I don't know if I believe that, <laughs> you know, whatever. That, Do you want to pick that guy up right now? No, it, the, the, fa- the fact that matters is that th- that franchise um, needs to start over. One quick thing with the, the Patriots, uh, Brandon ba- Browner is going to be back this week, and he is completely ready to go. Now you're going to have... Uh, Revis Island on one side, Browner on the other. That's going to be tough to throw against. But here's the other thing, and this is about the running game, because they are still potentially without Dante Hightower, and they're going to be potentially without Gerard Mayo. Mayo. So now you're losing all your interior linebackers. Uh, That's where Chris Ivory is going to be able to do some running. Now one other quick point before we get off this game. You got to talk about the rookie Jason Morrow. Uh, The the coming out party with 12 targets, 10 catches. Yeah. He's a guy that they need someone else to be able to step up. Uh, and, and you don't have a lot of other really talented wide receivers on this team. So, and again, you have a quarterback that's struggling to to connect on any passes. Here's a guy that he actually had a very good uh, completion percentage connection with and is able, as we talk about, to throw those easier passes to the tight end where he doesn't have to throw the ball on the deep outs that he has trouble with. 
Now the question is here. Here's the thing: the Patriots actually have done pretty well against tight ends. Now. Denver, like I said, sold out against the run. They were throwing run blitzes against him all day long, which means Geno had to get rid of that ball pretty darn quick, which means tight end uh, quite a bit. That's going to happen with Amaro if other teams take that blueprint and try to go after the quarterback, try and play that run blitz and stop well, that run, here's then why. they're going to have to throw it to Amaro. Well, and here's why it'll happen this week, though, too, because without those linebackers, what they're going to have to do, because the Jets are going to impact and force the run with Chris Ivory, yeah. you're going to now have to bring a safety down into into the box to have to help him and run defense. What that means is now you're lining him up one-on-one against a linebacker that's not a Gerard Mayo or a Dante High. Absolutely, and those outside receivers, like I said, with Browner back, right. they're going to be covered one-on-one and be just fine. Right. So they're not going to worry about that. They're going to sell it against the run again. Nice. Last question. Make it quick. One, one word answer for each of you guys. Is this going to be a good game or a blowout Thursday night? Blowout. Blowout. What about you, Mo? Blowout or a good game? It's going to be a blowout. Thursday night games, blowout. All right. Let's go to the Sunday game. First one. Yeah, no, no more no more not good stats on Thursday nights, though. Either. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, Falcons at uh, Ravens. What to think on this matchup? It... Well, the, the Ravens' offense last week in the first quarter. Wow. <laughs> that's really loud. Yeah, thanks. Took the restrictor plate off give the Red Dragon a little more juice. But uh, let's keep that on the down low. It's not exactly street legal. That offense was not exactly street legal uh, last week. How was that the quickest uh, quarterback to score? Uh, the quickest to five, five touchdowns. touchdowns. <laughs> um, I think since it was like since 1970 or something like that. Yeah, unreal. How many people were playing against the guy that had Flacco on their bench, or had Flacco on their bench? Or was in a bar or in a seat near someone that had these. That was like the first quarter. That was all you hear. Oh my God! Think I played Flacco in two leagues. Stas had him on his bench. Well, anyways, but fifty-seven points. If or something. Stas had checked out my rankings, he would have started Flacco over what he did. He would have started Tory Smith over what he did, and he would have beaten you. Well, the, he was, did beat me anyways. Well, this is my problem. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I, had the, I had the horrible yeah. thing with my superflex where I had Tory Smith was in my lineup. Remember we had talked about this on the podcast last week. Mm-hmm. But then everything changed with what was going to be the situation with Sean Green. And then I re-looked at, uh, at your rankings again on, on, on uh, in the morning and Sankey had vaulted all the way up to number 13. So I'm like, oh, what do I do now? So I went, okay. I went and I took Tory Smith out of the lineup and oh. I put Sankey in. It didn't matter. I still would have lost the week anyway, but it just hurt me in total points. Uh, but, that's a bummer. Yeah, it's all good though. <laughs> what do you got to say on uh, on what's going to happen uh, in this game, uh, Mo, with the Ravens Falcons? What are you What are you feeling from a fantasy side? We, let's just stay on the on the Ravens and uh, and let it go. Well, with the Ravens, I don't. I honestly, I don't have too much on the Ravens, but I I do have a question with my fantasy leagues. I know you guys were talking last week. People, you know, like to hear questions. I need some help, and every time I look on the waiver wire, I see Anton Smith. The dude is just floating out there. I, <laughs> I mean, every time the guy. But look at the targets, the dude. He scores. He's got like One thirteen out of seven carries. Touches, he scores a touchdown. He's only got thirteen carries on the season. I think. Strangely, you got beat. Yeah, because he picked because them up. Because picked up by Anton yeah. Smith and started him. Right on the season, the guy has thirteen attempts for 126 yards. 9.7 per carry, scored two rushing touchdowns. He's got 10 receptions for 220 yards, <laughs> another three touchdowns. 
So we're talking 35 touches, five freaking touchdowns. And the thing is, is that he, this is kind of like what Andre Ellington was doing last year, but he's doing more than what Ellington did last year because of all these touchdowns. But here's why I, I still think, I mean, we talked about this, when we, what was this, three weeks ago that we were talking about Antoine Smith? We and just I, couldn't do it. And saying that he was a great longer play guy, but he's been producing every week. And his role is going to still, it, it will have to increase. When a guy is that electric with the ball, I mean, eventually his touches do have to go up. You know, I, I, I just, I, I, I can't believe that he's going to continue to only get the, the less than four rushing attempts every game or one or two attempts every game. It's going to have to give him, give him five rushes, give him five targets. And, and well, the, but he had the, the most touches of the season this last game. Six. Six, right. And they're long <laughs> touchdowns. So this is this is if you're in a, in a reward for long yardage league, this guy has even doubled his damage because he's busting fifty yarders. He's it's it's out of control. Well, and think about how he does that too. He has the benefit of having two giant wide receivers who are great at blocking downfield. True, true. He's only had one game under fifty yards <laughs> th- this year, and, and he only has and how many touches? You say thirty-five, Mo? Thirty-five. 35 touches. 35 touches, and he's only had... That's the score every seven times he touches the ball. That's it. That's insane. That's that insane. And only you, one game under 50 yards. Can, can you tell me why that? anyone that is still holding on to Chris Johnson if Antoine Smith is available? Dude, there's players I, on my team that I... That, Trent I, I would have no use, no use whatsoever for Chris Johnson anymore. Right. You might as well take the chance on Anton, Anton Smith. Right, because Chris Johnson's not scoring touchdowns. This kid's at least scoring touchdowns. Let's talk about those big uh, those big wide receivers that we were uh, just ref- referring to. Unless you had something last to say, Mo, and you wanted to uh, talk about Smith, go for it. No, well, my question would be, literally in this game, I've got Lorenzo Talafiero. Uh, would you drop him for Anton Smith, who's still floating out there, staring me at the face on the waiver wires? Uh, you know what? No, actually, I wouldn't, and and, and I'll tell you why. First of all, I, I do want to wish a happy birthday to Justin Forsett. Just happy turned, birthday, Justin! Happy birthday, Justin! Just turned twenty nine today. Did, um, did that did that pop up in your iCal? <laughs> I, I have every running back's birthday memorized. Um, <laughs> Jerry hey, Rice, this was yesterday. The goat, my man. Happy birthday yesterday. Love you, buddy. Absolutely. Um, I, I would not uh, listen. Justin Forsett is. Definitely keeping this starting job for a little while. I'll, I'll tell you that. But Pierce he's top twenty the last two weeks. Yeah, and he's going to be he's going to have another awesome game this game. Uh, but is he somebody that I believe can last the whole year taking on those type of carries and those type of touches? I'm not sure. I, I don't think so. Um, he's he's a bit of a smaller back, and he's going to get hit one of these times. They run him too much, uh, use him too much. He's one of those type of guys. He is, isn't going to last. Bernard Pierce in this last game. They gave him the chance behind Forsett, and yeah, he did end up having a touchdown, but I think he only ran for like 34 yards on like 15 carries, and Forsett had less carries and like three times as many yards. And a wonderful looking play. Yeah, so I mean, Pierce isn't going to be the guy anymore, and I I feel terrible for anybody who was listening to me because I thought he was going to run away with this job, but obviously the injuries and things have caught up with him, and he's, he's just... Scared himself silly, where he he can't do what he was meant to do in this league, and that was be a, a hardcore run bruiser, and that that's just and that's two years in a row that's happened. Yeah, he's had nobody nobody in a he's position had has chances. had more opportunity to prove himself than a Bernard. No, Pierce. T- Talifero, he will Talifero. It's, it's tough to say that freaking name. 
Um, he's going to be the backup from here on out. I'm telling you that right now. Pierce is going to take a third seat. Talia Ferro. Lorenzo is going to take. He's going to be the second guy for sure. And if Forsett takes a hit at any time, which I believe he might, um, you can see this Lorenzo guy take off. He's better than Pierce is at this point, and they're going to be a running team. That's what they still do. So, I w- Anton Anton Smith is still only going to get six to eight touches a game at most. Um, they have too many running backs there to use. They still Rodgers is still getting play. Uh, Devonta Freeman is still a guy that they love there. Uh, I just I don't see Anton Smith breaking into a big role like uh, Lorenzo can. Well, let's talk. Let's go. Go nuts, buddy. What do you got? Go nuts, Mo. Well, just because Anton Smith is like the the siren song, right? The, the Greek mythology calling to me, singing to me from the waiver wire, and I'm just scared I'm going to crash and burn on the rocks if, as soon as I pick him up. Hey, Tinkerbell. <laughs> exactly. Tinkerbell. Pick him up. Pick him, pick him up. You need him. You need him. Um, is Lorenzo the guy you would drop for him, though? No, but you've got to have something else. If you love this guy and, he's, and you keep looking at it, he, he's meant to be yours because it could be this week, Jackson or a Freeman Someone go down, down right. and or the team just keeps winning with with him getting more and more touches. Uh, not that that happened this week; they actually lost pretty badly to the Bears. But they, if they start thinking they need to change it up and get him the ball more, it's the kind of guy that I, I, I I'm I haven't been picking up either. And he, he's all still there, and you're looking you're like, dude. He's got like 30 more points than anybody else, but you just can't do it. So maybe you got to make it. He could be your guy. Could be the the, the game changer for you. Let's talk about the ty- uh, the wide receivers for the Falcons, and then quickly talk about the wide receivers for the Ravens. I don't think there's either really any reason to talk too much about their tight ends. And then let's move on to the next game. Julio, uh, Roddy, what, what 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 to expect in this matchup against the Ravens? Um, I expect uh, Jimmy Smith to be t- taking on Julio. As best he can, I think Julio will be fine. You're talking, um, about, you're talking about Jimmy Graham again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's Jimmy the guy that script. I always screw it up. As yeah. weird as that is. Uh, oh, t- sorry. So I mean, I, do, I still expect Julio to have a, a good game, but it wouldn't shock me if Roddy got a few extra targets in this one. Uh, wouldn't shock me if Harry Douglas happens to come back. If Harry got some targets in this one, um, I do expect Atlanta to have to pass the ball. The, that the Ravens are going to run it quite a bit and keep a, keep the clock and will score against this Atlanta team. So Atlanta's going to have to pass that ball. Well, and it's also what the Ravens' defense has been doing. They've True. been shutting down opposing running games. Period. Um, you know, I, I believe the Colts were the only team that ran for more than 100 yards against them. Yep. So you take that into account, too. You look at the – it's 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 them on the road. Uh, they don't perform as well. Matt Ryan does not perform as well on the road. You look at what Matt Ryan has done. He's been held under uh, 20 fantasy points three times this season. Uh, after his ridiculous game uh, to start the year, he's uh, with 43 for 448 yards. He's only averaging 280 yards a game, and he's thrown nine touchdowns and seven interceptions over that span. He's not been spectacular. Julio Jones is—it's seemingly like he's trying to have to do everything. They gave a blueprint last week. The Bears did amazingly that the Bears defense can give a blueprint to anyone. They smacked them in the mouth. And they were dropping passes all over the place. Yeah. Oh my God! That the fear factor was amazing to watch. Yeah. And I've never seen Julio afraid to right. catch a ball before, and yeah. he was afraid by the end of the game. And he dropped one because of that fear. And if and if and if the Bears do that to you, imagine what the Ravens are going to do to you in Baltimore. Oh God, yeah. Um, awesome. Well, let's go over to old man uh, Steve Smith. Holy crap! What the hell? This guy is just on a mission from God. 
Um, what's he going to do this game? And, and Torrey Smith, you, you're digging him this uh, as well. What, what? Uh, I mean, I, I, I dug him last week, but that's because you could pass all over the Bucks. He still and didn't I knew do anything except for those two touchdowns. That was basically all he did. Joe, Joe Flacco normally sucks on the road. He's, all, he's really good at home, but he normally sucks on the road. Yet I still had him as a starter last week because you can pass on the Bucks. period. It's obvious that, but one thing I want to say. the buck doesn't stop here? <laughs> it's obvious. <laughs> the buck doesn't stop, stop at all. <laughs> <laughs> it does not stop at all. It never ends. It's like, the, it's like. Uh, it's, it's just the, the gift that keeps on giving, baby. So, you know, I, I, I'm not so sure that they're going to have the time of their lives this week, uh, Steve Smith and, and, and Tory Smith, because they're going to run all day long. Because you can run all day long against Atlanta. They've given up 11 touchdowns to running backs thus far. That's like five or six, five more than any other team has given up to a running back. Wow. Um, so they're going to run their Justin Forsett. Forsett's going to have quite a game. Like I said, I, th- I think Lorenzo is going to have a good game backing it up. I think Pierce takes a back seat, but I still think he gets some touches in this game. They're going to run. They're going to run. They're going to run. Steve Smith will get some decent, uh, decent play. Uh, Torrey Smith will only catch a few balls just because he'll, he'll only probably see four targets. Or exactly, something. It's, it's just not going to be a big passing game for the for the Ravens in this one. If you guys want to uh, cover any, watch any other players that from those games, go to our website. In the next couple days, we'll have it all filled up um, and up there. But our player rankings that we uh, the Dogmatica does every week, uh, great, great stuff. This week, we're actually making a, uh, a an exerted effort to. To um, have a write-up for every player, and we're going to make sure that happens moving on out. But the mention here, and it's a pyro promo, is that Dogmatica, the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> has cracked the top five fantasy pros uh, out of this week. I guess there was a couple last 133 or 34. 133. This top five overall rankings. That is friggin' awesome. Pretty, 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 pretty good. <laughs> I think it was three weeks ago that Dogmatic, you were third. First. First, first, first right, overall. Right. Gee, hold on. Sorry. 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 Straight, first <laughs> overall. This week, uh, or week six, he was sixth overall. Fifth. So, fifth overall. Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> under. I'm not giving you the credit that you deserve. Amazing. You're the one who told me, too. No, I didn't look it up. Me and Houdini admitted earlier today that we say that saying way too much and people don't think it's funny besides us. I'm the annoying guy that's like, pretty, 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 pretty good. Uh, All right. I also say don't watch out for that first step. It's a doozy way too much. It's a doozy. So, great work. Dog, I know how much effort you put into it and our fans that are literally like, just know how much effort and how and how awesome our rankings are and how we make ballsy calls. Let's be honest. You, because you had Flacco higher and you knew that, other people are scared to take that chance. You're not. And I'm sure that those, in the same way that our season-long preseason rankings, are usually really, really, really high in these same competitions. And we expect to finish top five this year for sure. Um, you know, awesome work, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome work. Keep it up. Our listeners love it. We love it. We, I use the stuff. 
I'm going the first thing. I'm like, all right, we got this, and now I gotta go to power rankings. Not, well, I mean, it, does, the first it, stop. it also makes you go and you you go you look at the, the team that you're facing, and then you go look at our rankings. And you go, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. He's got him ranked number two exactly. this week. Oh man, that's hilarious that you say that. That's very true. All right, let's move on to the next game, and we're going to cover this one. Oh, God, there's so many 1 o'clock games. It's crazy. These guys are idiots. It's, it's always right. like this. Titans are yeah. at the Redskins. Um, you guys just figure out how you want to talk about this. Well, and, let, me, uh, let me start nuts. with Kirk Cousins because this guy, he, he continues to be putting up fantasy points for you. So, you know, while he's been inconsistent as a quarterback for the team, the Washington Redskins, he's actually been pretty, pretty darn consistent as a fantasy quarterback. Oh yeah. Um, so you know, last week he he goes and throws for 354 yards, only two touchdowns. Gets the the Deshaun Jackson is a revelation for him, and Pierre Garcon, which this is surprising. This is the one thing when, when I look at these two wide receivers, and no matter which way I dissected it prior to the year starting. It was that Pierre Garcon is going to be the guy that gets the heavy targets from Cousins. When he had come in and filled in for RG3 before, it was it was always Pierre Garcon. But they didn't have a guy, or they did, that was like Deshaun Jackson, except he was about a, probably about a second slower in the 40 in Santana Moss by the time Cousins is there. Sure, yeah. So the dimension that, that Deshaun is giving, and because it's Jay Gruden's offense, where they're liking to take the shots down the field... That's why you're getting a lot of fantasy production out of him. You know, uh, Cousins, um, back in Michigan State, was the type of guy, he had a lot of d- dynamic receivers, actually, on that team. Uh, one of them back then, I, I believe, was uh, Keyshawn Martin, who had a ton of speed. but I mean, wasn't the greatest receiver, great punt returner, you know, great kick returner, and always had that going on for him. A decent receiver, but all you had to do was give him, give him like, a, a, a quick slant. And he'd beat his defender every time. And if you can catch him on a quick slant, which Cousins is actually pretty good, pretty good at throwing on a dime, you know. And it's not that easy when you got got a guy running four four across the field as fast as he can, trying to get away from his defender. You got to hit him on a button. If it's behind him a little bit, it's gonna he's gonna miss it. It's gonna deflect off of the back. When you hit him, it's too far forward. You got to get it there in the right place at the right time. He does that sort of stuff really well. You get Deshaun Jackson running on something like that, or you get a Pierre Garçon running on that. He's very good at stuff like that. Um, he does have the tendency to make the mistakes, of course, but mistakes aren't going to kill you as much in fantasy as the beauty of the you know working that offense and working the plays correctly, and that's what he's doing well with it, Deshaun Jackson. And it's, and it's a more pass-oriented offense as of late. They are oh, throwing sure. the ball more, and you look at the guy again, it just seems like it's amazing. Here's a guy that... We've been so consistent over his first two seasons. He was getting screwed in the goal line attempts last year. Now, the worry about how is he going to perform in a Jay Gruden offense? Alfred Morris, eh, it's not pretty. Uh, <laughs> what he's doing, uh, you know, he's got, I think it depends on the game a little bit more. The, which uh, which game he's they're playing? He's yeah, only had a couple of two really good. The games. last three games. The last three games. Here's the disconcerting part. The two games. The, the two games prior, he had 22 carries and 23 carries. Then 12 carries, 13 and 13. He's, he's been held uh, to 63, 29, and 41 yards over the last three weeks. It's a bo- now, again, it's against Seattle, Arizona, and, uh, and the Giants. Exactly. I understand. But at the same time, they're also finding themselves behind in these games. Yes, exactly. And that's, and that's the point. Um, you get a team, but you get a team that they can beat. 
that they're going to at least keep up with or, or, or beat handily, or a team that doesn't have the greatest run defense, they're going to run. Alfred, as they showed, you said, 22 and 23 carries in a couple of games there. Mm-hmm. How are they do in those games? Uh, they, they lost. Well, <laughs> still, either way. It was games that they could run. And when you can run, they will run Alfred Morris because he's that good of a player. And that helps player. take the pressure a Absolutely. little bit. Absolutely. Now, who comes back? Well, the back? one game that they won was the, the, where he had the good running. Well, that was against Jacksonville. But the other one that was a loss, it was against. It was a close game, the, the, the close loss to Philadelphia. Yes. 34 yes. to 37. So. Now, another thing that's going to help Kirk Cousins for you is the return of Jordan Reed. And he showed that he's fine. When, yeah. when, he's, when he's in there, he's a definite force to be reckoned with. And he's a guy that you want in your fantasy lineups. Um, in a game like this, I would expect him to have another really, really good game. Tennessee has been terrible against tight ends in the last couple of the years, last few years, uh, to be precise. I think they've been in the bottom five, actually, in the last few years. They're, they're, they're terrible against tight ends. I would expect Jordan Reed to have a really nice game in this one. Tell me what to expect because this is the one thing that everyone, you, you can't figure this guy out either. It's Kendall Wright on the other side. Mm. And, and, and what the hell is going on? You know, you know, Justin Hunter, at least you can guarantee that Hunter's going to get a couple of those shots taken for him. You're not going to get it every game. It's going to be maybe once out of every you know three games or something like that where he's going to get the, the big hits. To get, but he's not giving you 140 yards. No one's giving you big bust-out games. So what do you got? You got something there? I, I like uh, Kendall Wright this week. Uh, on the Washington side, David Emerson, who's their number one cornerback, uh, he's, he had a concussion in week six. So if he's out, I really like Wright. But even if he's in, they've been pretty susceptible to the big wide receiver. Um, week six, they gave up uh, Fitzgerald and Floyd. Both scored a touchdown. Uh, week four, Cruz had 108 yards. And even uh, the tight end there, Donnell, Donnell scored three touchdowns. Week three, Macklin had 154 yards and a touchdown. Even Matthews scored two TDs. Week two, Jacksonville had a pair of wide receivers that went for over 70 yards. One had a touchdown. In week one, old man Andre Johnson, 93 yards. Hopkins, 89 yards and a touchdown. So I think Kendall Wright could have a really nice game, especially if Amerson is out. Yeah, I, I would fully agree. That's one thing that the Redskins cannot do still is guard pass. Uh, they, they're actually, they've gotten really good against the run. I mean, they were pretty good against it last year, but they've gotten really good against the run. I wouldn't expect Sankey to have a very good game. How can uh, you? Yeah, I, I don't think, <laughs> I, I don't even know if Green's going to play. Uh, I don't even know if Green's going to play the rest of the but year. But you have to be so liking bad. the Sankey carries. No, it, it, I mean, what, yeah, he got 18? Sure. And, he show, and he showed some flashes on a yeah, couple I mean, of come on, let's, say, let's be honest. Go, go, Mo. I mean, that, uh, that's the best. I'm a Sankey owner, and I'm liking his carries, but... What the hell, Jackie Battle? Yeah, I know. Where did he come from? That was his second rush all year, and he comes in and vultures a touchdown. He nice. did that all the time when he was over in uh, Kansas City too. Jackie Battle's name should be uh, Humphrey Bogart. It goes to the whole back to the whole thing of why uh, Sankey is being killed by this coaching staff. They're not. They're not. I think they're they're creating more problems by not letting him have enough, having showing enough faith in him. To, to take the reins off of him and let him be the guy. He got you down. When that touchdown came, too, they, uh, they he had marched him all the way down with a great run to get him right there, and then Battle came in. and Who would stole. win a Wonderlick test? And I got some good news. I'm not going to announce it. Vince Young. I'm not going to announce it on this <laughs> podcast because nothing's really formalized, and I haven't even told you guys about it, but I have some great thing in the pipes with Wonderlick. 
Not not bullshitting. Um, okay. So it's awesome. Uh, but who would win the Wonderlick? Would it be a Wisen Hunt? Would it be a David Wa- uh, Wanstead, our old coach, now in the uh, NBC booth, being a lot of Dems and Does still as stupid as they come? Uh, or would it be who's the co- Mike Smith, the guy in Atlanta? Oh, Atlanta. Who, 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 who wins the Wonderlick out of those three NFL head coaches? Oh, who's man. your choice? Um, the smartest out of them. Uh, the least stupid. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Wisenhunt. Uh, what are you doing, Mo? Who do you, who's who's winning the Wonderlick out of those three? I, I don't know. I'm definitely saying not Wisenhunt. I nominate him for a bitch slap candidate for what he's doing to Sankey. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go Mike Smith. I'm, I'm going Mike Smith too. He's not he's not the most eloquent behind the mic in a post post uh, game no, but presser. At least he gets the balls in the right hand. The, the, yeah, you know. the, the, guy, the, guy, the, guy, uh, the, the guy here in Chicago radio on the score, Terry Bores, he, he hates Mike Smith. I think he calls him the 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 coaching corpse. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like a corpse. On the he side does. I, I can't stand him either, to be honest. But he's got to be the smartest out of those three. I agree. He's the smartest out. Once that we were one play away in practice, no, and then I it didn't work, and now we were forty yards away. No, in the game. Guys, are, guys are meeting after the games, you know, they're staying late and they're working extra hours. Guys are putting in all the time, you know, we're, we're, we're working hard. I could imagine. The guy's got a knee. I can imagine. I can imagine a Wanstead. You're at the you're at the Bears game doing uh doing your pregame uh in, in the in the lot doing yeah, the tailgating and go, and then all of a sudden Wanstead shows up. It's like, what's up, guys? We're happy to have you here at the game. Fire me up abroad. Give me a brew. I'll do a keg. I mean, he's just—he was so unengaged. What an idiot! How that guy? How that guy ever got a head coaching job? Ugh. Jimmy Johnson. All right, um, let's move on from that game. Any other things you want to talk about? Find them or Justin Hunter. I'll tell you one, one thing. Justin Hunter is getting the snaps and he's getting the plays, and he's got—he's—he's he's more involved in the offense. Granted, he's only catching. You know, three of his ten targets, three of his eight targets, because they're all you know poor percentage plays. But he's talented enough where he's going to put up big games. He's going to get those, you know, the the, the longer touchdown. He's going to put up games where he gets a hundred yards on three catches, which is basically what he's been doing. Um, so I, you know, Jake Lockers, I think, should be back this week too. You have him ranked pretty high this week. You have him top twenty. Uh, Locker, I think I might have moved I know him down a little move. bit okay. after you looked at okay. that. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. I mean, he's he's going against a Redskins pass defense, which is just really fucking bad. Regardless, you know who um, Justin Hunter it, to me is a modern day James Lofton. He's In a way, like I mean, that not as jam- talented as a, as a Lofton, but hopefully, well, James he could eventually. I don't know, maybe James not. Is he Hall of Famer? He, well, no, Lofton's not. I mean, no, that, there's not. There's like, no, he is. I think he is a Hall of Famer. But that was like because he had a 20 year career. Yeah, but, and he but, won a Super Bowl with the, with the Green Bay. Let's go safe. Let's go Willie Gall. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I think he's this guy's. It's in his second year. I was thinking he's he, he's got 18 more years to be a Lofton. I don't know well, if he's going to be a Lofton. I'm going to go I'm not talking career projection. I'm talking they're, well, they're similar okay. player. Well, I go career projection in the sense of because they both don't have quarterbacks. And we'll, yeah, we'll see. They'll get one soon enough. They'll probably get one next year. Hunter's 6'4", and he's got speed. Yeah. I think Lofton was 6'2", 6'3". He's a little, he was a little should, more sticky. I think he'll be like 6 feet 6'1", six I think. All right, you guys don't like yeah, that. I, don't I, don't know. Know. I love James Watson. All right, let's James move. Lawson. Let's move on to the next game, and and that's going to be the Seahawks 
at the Rams. The Rams had a nice little showing at the beginning last night. Uh, looked like, yeah, holy crap, the Niners are not Austin good. Davis was looking yeah. good. Yeah, no, he was doing it up. And then it kind of crumbled. But I'll, t- I'll tell you why. Uh, all of a sudden, they figured out how to crush Austin Davis. You put pressure on that guy, hardcore pressure. Uh, you press D on, on that, and he's just not going to be able to do it. He, he's, uh, he's too soft-armed. I don't know if you saw a couple of those passes. So, some of those passes look like rainbows. And I love, a lot of people are trying to compare this guy to, 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 to really good quarterbacks. He's not. He's just plain and simply not. He may have been a winner. And he was. Very, I'm very impressed with what he's done in his career. Mm-hmm. He was a walk-on in college. Ended up uh, winning bowl games or something at the end of his career. He was coaching a, a high school team or a junior high team or something last year. He was, yeah. And then he, I mean, he came back into uh, to LA and uh, to LA uh, to St. Louis to the Rams. Ended up, uh, you know, winning a job there. Coming in, now he's starting, and he led him to a couple wins. But the fact of the matter is, is that what you got to, all you got to do with a guy like this, pressure the shit out of him. And believe me, a guy like this is going to fold. He doesn't have the arm. He doesn't have all the wherewithal to be able to take care of business. And that's exactly what's going to happen in this game. Seattle's going to crush this guy. Hardcore. <laughs> I, don't, I doubt he makes it through the game. Well, especially coming off of a loss. I don't know if I'm going to make it through this podcast because I'm throwing back so many. Val Verdes. What do you got to say about uh, any, anything going on in this game, Mo? Well, you know, it's this year we've heard of uh, running back by committee, but damn, it's like running back by community now. <laughs> we've got Zach Stacy last week, eight attempts. Cunningham, seven. Trey Mason, five. So who do you go with going forward? And we all know Seattle is damn tough uh, a defense to play against, right? Only five teams giving up fewer yards per game than Seattle. But against opposing running backs, they're allowing 10 receptions per game. That's the most in the league. So there's a chance here for one of the Ram running backs to do something in the passing game. But it's like a carousel. I don't know which guy to go with. Well, Stacy Cunningham, Trey Mason. Well, the thing is, you, how can you feel confident in going with any of them? And if you are going to go with any of them, you go with the guy that has the potential to break the big play. Right now, that would be Trey Mason, but at the same time, this is a guy that you would be picking up off of waivers and still not getting enough targets that you can legitimately say that you would start him with any type of confidence in this game. And that's kind of how it goes with all these guys. And, and even still, you look at uh, you know Brian Quick had been the most the best looking receiver on that team, and he was pretty much non-existent in the last game. And part of the reason was there was the return of Tavon Austin. Now, here's a guy who also got a couple of uh, rushing attempts uh, with with Austin. I still don't understand it. When you have a guy that's got... It's not going to happen. No, 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 no. Don't... It's not going to happen. I just want to ask a question. (laughs) When you have a guy that's got 4-3-3 speed, why don't you send him straight down the field to run past everybody? Like like they do with Deshaun Jackson. You know, why do you always try to... Are you talking about Percy Harvin now, or... The same oh, goes for same, it. All, same but at least they guys. did that two weeks ago when he got touchdowns called back. Right. At least at that point they hadn't done it, and they showed that that stat on whatever Monday Night Football. I agree with you, but can I think it goes down? I think it comes down to the fact that Austin can't get the ball. No, but him. even still, I'm watching that game, 
and and it's, this is this is this is to make people be leery about going after a guy like Austin right now. Anyway, yeah, they want to get the ball in his hand, but when you see the formations when they go into the spread, four wide receivers, and you see the wide receivers that are going deep, he's the one that's cutting across the middle at like a ten yard uh, a slant pattern. So that's not that's not going to give you any of these game breaking plays. The only way that they're going to do that is by getting him the ball in space, and then you're trusting that ramshackle of an offense when he's catching the ball behind the line of scrimmage to make anything happen. And he's getting so, exposed to injury. Sorry, and he's getting exposed to injury when they run him up the middle. Yeah. Oh. So flip the script then. What's the difference there with, with Percy Harvin? I see them misusing him as well. Granted, he had the you know week he should have scored three touchdowns, but damn, I... I had Percy Harvin. I've been waiting for him to do something all freaking year. And oh, they're Seattle. giving him these little quick hitches. Uh, they're running with him, you know, the jet sweep, which hasn't been too bad. But I don't think they're sending him down the field like they should either. Seattle is misusing Harvin like I misuse Val. There it is. Oh, and it hit your lips. That's so good. Yummy. I, I will tell you that um, I think that Seattle will finally get it after a while. I think that people need to hold on to Harvin and not undervalue him just because they're misusing him right now. Still they're going to have – they just lost. Okay, they lost a game that they should have won. They, they, they are a better team than Dallas. I'm, I don't want to take it away any, anything from Dallas because they're actually getting a lot better too. But Seattle should have won that game. And they just misplayed it. They didn't, they didn't do the right things. They didn't run Lynch enough. Uh, they didn't use Harvin the way they should. Um, they did not attack the run the way they should have. Uh, it, it was just a bad game. I feel bad for the Rams this week because the Rams are going to get the brunt of their anger. So I've got Harvin in two leagues, one of which I'm about 500. I'm doing pretty well. I'm going to hang on to him. The other league, I've got one win. I need to turn this around quick. Should I be thinking, or should fantasy owners in the same situation, should we be thinking getting rid of Harvin for, you know, dudes on the waiver wire, an Andre Holmes, or uh, who's got a great matchup this week, or even a Malcolm Floyd, or some of the other guys who might score this week quickly, as opposed to hanging on to Harvin for something that may never come? Hey, cheeks. Don't worry for her, huh? Love, it's a motherfucker, huh? So I know you got the love for Harvard, <laughs> but you cannot drop him for guys on the waiver wire. Yeah, and I agree. Just because that potential for that one game, if, you, if you're going to leave him on your bench, eventually he's trade bait for somebody else. There, there's, there's value there. You don't throw away things that have value. I make a living of making pickups in a couple leagues I'm in of players that jettison other players. And I'll tell you right now, the last four weeks, guys that are on my team. Jordan Reed, welcome back. Good times. Tom Brady, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, what's, what's another one? We'll stop there. There's one other player. Oh, on you, there, you took it from me. I just dropped him. Who was it? AP. AP. Why? Well, I, I don't know. We'll see. That that's a that's that's, that's a pie a, in the sky. Yeah. Well, that's a pie in the sky. You but, dropped Woodhead to get him. Yeah. Woodhead's out for the year, so that was a no-brainer. There you go. There you go. But at the end of the day, I think you got to stick with your Harvin. And Holmes, even if him and Carr become an awesome friggin' connection and, and he has big week, you cannot go into a week being excited, unless it's just crazy and he just arrives. 
playing him over a Percy Harvin, where I agree with Dog Mac. They got to figure out the way to get him the ball. And they didn't. They were Derek Carr was not completing 65-70% of his passes, mind you. We're talking closer to 50%. So, no, and, 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 he, and until this week, he didn't look all that great. Right. Uh, other than he had one okay game in week two, I think. Well, I mean, to be honest, he's had a, he's had a couple of decent games, and he what he is is a leader. And I, I do believe that Andre Holmes is worth a pickup. I'll tell you that right now. I think that he is a really good receiver, somebody who knows how to get open a little bit better than a James Jones, to be quite honest. Um, I think he's the type of guy who's a, a playmaker, who's, go, who's going to get some fancy points down the line. Would I drop Harvin for him? No. But I will also tell you that I am not a Harvin fan. And I haven't been. You guys, you, no, you no guys know that quite no well. No I've no never no. been a Harvin fan. I don't no think no. he... I, I think that he's more of a gadget-type player who's not going to ever and shouldn't get a ton of touches. He's too fragile. He's too hardcore in his brain to have his body back it up. His I body is not that. big enough to, to do what he well, wants he's to do. And what, or, he or, and that may be also be the case. And the other thing is, too, just as you talk about the misuse of the guy in an offense, he's only out there for maybe 55 60% of the plays. He's there's so many times he's just not on the field, so you're not you know that takes away any potential. The fact of the matter is that Seattle's a running team. There's not a single receiver on that team that I would trust. You know, you everybody came in the season saying, well, Baldwin will probably get the most catches. Baldwin isn't being used in at all, at all. He's he went, yelling at yeah, he's he yelling at his quarterback, the MVP, uh, you know, the best quarterback in the league, winning yeah, wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. I mean, he's yelling at that guy. I, 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 there's obviously problems going on with this passing game in Seattle. This is what going on? If you tell anyone about this, I'll fucking kill you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We'll come back by tonight. Okay, sweetie. That's what Doug Baldwin will say. Yeah. No, I'm not kidding. Okay, okay. I mean, I agree with you. But this is the way the NFL is. They looked unstoppable in the preseason, looked unstoppable in the first handful of games, and now all of a sudden there's some there's a rough patch. They make a lose a big game to a, another team that's in their division and uh, not division but in their conference and could could now is now all of a sudden you know the the singing grace of of the NFL. Wow, this team's awesome. We've won four in a row. And they're they're beating the friggin' Seahawks. And with that, the Niners are starting to look hot. So we'll talk about them. But the NFL has got its ebbs and its flows, and that is just the nature of every season. And I think, while I think the Seahawks are awesome, I could see it being a rough run for the next four or five weeks uh, for them overall. Not not necessarily so much for fantasy, but in the actual scheme of the real NFL. Here's what I'm going to say. All right, There are teams out there, such as the New England Patriots, who all of a sudden will take a bad loss to a team that they shouldn't have lost to. And their coach, Bill Belichick, will say, Fuck this. I'm going back to what wins. No, no, we are going this. to take, I'm taking control We're on of this Cincinnati. Thing. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. Seattle's going to get the same thing's going to happen with Pete Carroll. Yeah. Listen, I don't like Carroll at all. I don't, I, I, matter of fact, I dislike the guy. But you don't like he, will say, he will say the same thing. You know what? This is, this is not right. We shouldn't be losing at home to Dallas at this point. There's something wrong here. I'm going back to what wins, and that's what they're going to do. He's going to he's going to find a way to get Lynch 20, 20 plus carries in this next game. They're going to go in there. They're going to crush the hell out of that Rams offense. I got Beyonce. I think that Parvin does get involved a little bit, and I think it's they're just going to go back to basics and start winning, just like the Patriots are doing. You know, it's just like the I think the 49ers will start doing too. I don't think Harbaugh is in the same class 
as a Carroll or, or a Belichick, but there are basics that these teams, when they start to get too cute and mix and match and try and mess with, with things a little bit, and you lose a game or two that you shouldn't, all of a sudden they're like, you know what, enough of this bullshit. Let's go back to what wins. As soon as that game starts. Do you see what do with us? Just ring the fucking bell, you fancy. <laughs> nice. Well, let's really breeze through the Rams if we have anything to say. We already talked about the Rams. Good. Let's move on. We're done Let's with that. Let's move on. Awesome. All right, next game. Barn right. burner of a game. Barn yeah. burner. Better than you think, though. To be honest, from a fantasy standpoint, we'll kind of we won't talk too much about it. But these teams are putting up some numbers when you wouldn't have necessarily thought would be the case. All right, Browns at Jaguars. Go nuts. Uh, let's talk first. Go nuts. Ben Tate, when he's in there and healthy, is a top 10, if not top 6, 7, 8 back in the league. He is a beast. Yeah, he, that guy can run really freaking well, and he knows what he's doing out there. He's, you know, he's not a, a newcomer anymore. He's, he knows offenses. He knows what's going on in this Cleveland offense. That offensive line is sick. Mm-hmm. It is disgusting. Anybody can run behind that and run well. Every single running back that they have on their team has run behind it and run well. Um, I see uh, Tate having an awesome game. I see him putting up top five to seven fancy points this week. I see Crowell getting in there and having is, another great game I think as well. Have, I think, do you think that Terrence West is going to be inactive again? I don't know if he'll be inactive. Um, matter of fact, I think he'll probably be active. Uh, because I think this is going to be a ball control game for, for the Browns. And I think they're going to want three running backs just in case. Um, but I, I think that uh, he'll be the third guy. I think that uh, Crowell has, has proven his point. Yeah. He's a beast. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he is Christine Michael in a much better situation. Right. He's, he is an awesome running back who can be a number one on any team. And when Tate gets hurt again, which I still believe he will get hurt again, Crowell, Crowell is a guy you want on your team badly. I picked him up in week two. Yeah, and I knew that he didn't go drafted. I sh- probably should have drafted him, and I wanted to, but it was one of those guys I knew wouldn't go drafted. After one week, um, I was like, you know what? Tate went down. Crowell, you're on my team immediately. Nobody was even thinking about well, that. As we keep saying, Tate's gonna go down again. He, this guy just does not make it through the season. Now, I want to. I want to talk a little what, bit about. What about? Okay, go on. I want to talk a little bit about. I want to flip the coin uh, to Jacksonville and talk about Blake Bortles. Before you do that, though, can I say one thing? Is Terrence West done? Is he an afterthought? Or no? I mean, we were just saying no. He's, he's not done. Okay, I mean, this, sorry. He, yeah. I mean, he. Like I said, I th- he was he was scratched last week, but it was because it was a different type of game. That I'm not. They're not I'm not sure that they needed him. They didn't obviously think that they needed him. This week, I think is going to be a ball control type game. They're on the road. They just want to beat Jacksonville and do it running the ball. I think they need that third running back. So let me ask you this: uh, Is Terrence West droppable? Because last week they actually had Glenn Winston, who was he was a Spartan. He was at MSU for a hot second. And, yeah. uh, they actually had him as a the third running back, and Terrence West was a healthy scratch. So it's, do you think he's special droppable? Teams. It's special teams. Um, when it comes down to that that third running back question on whether you're going to have that third running back active or not, it's whether it's the the guy can can the guy play special teams or not. As long as Tate is healthy, my guess is that is that West will probably take a third seat in, in that situation, and he won't be active for some of those games. My feeling is that this next game he might be active, just because I think they're like I said they're going to want to take control of that he, he ball. He represents a guy that if you have a deeper bench, then you can stash. It's one of these things. If there's a guy like Anton Smith out there, 
Yeah, maybe this is a, the yeah. guy that you dropped Terrence West for and you grab Anton Smith yes, and, you, I would and agree. you plug and play in that in that regard. So let me let me go back to flipping the the, the script here. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Jacksonville and Blake Bortles. And Blake Bortles had uh, 336 yards uh, passing this last week. He uh, welcomes back with open arms Cecil Shorts. Uh, Cecil Shorts goes gets 10 catches for 103 yards. Allen Robinson's on the, 16 targets. But this is the thing: <laughs> we talk about rookies like to find certain guys, and and and, and Allen Robinson's another guy that still got his. Uh, in this game as well, uh, you know the guys that that took a hit were the Allen Hearns and every, you know who was the people thought was going to be everything in this that and he's, and he's shown flashes. But when you bring a guy like Shorts back in, that's the Hearns role. His role completely diminishes. Marquise Lee came back, but he's not stepping into anything. And it's, it's Allen Robinson and Cecil Shorts. These are the guys that are, are the main targets for Bortles. That's where he's looking. And that's one thing that. Whoever checks out our rankings, whoever's listening to this and checks out our rankings, that's one thing you need to pay attention to. Pay attention to what I'm doing up till game time. And I'm telling you, if you have to, keep refreshing because it is all the way up to game time. I had at the last, it was literally probably the last half hour, 45 minutes, where it came out where those guys were definitely going to be playing. Shorts was actually going to start over Hearns, right. and it was going to be Robinson and Shorts, and that uh, it was going to be a backseat for Hearns. And then um, Marquise Lee was barely going to get any playing time. I adjusted my rankings accordingly, and that's one of the reasons why I say it. That's why I'm on top of the game. That's why I end up in the top five with things, because I pay attention. Yeah. And you have to pay attention up to the last minute, because it makes a, lot of times, a big difference. All the inactives, a lot of times, don't come out until the last 40 minutes before exactly. the game. Exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, it's like you've got to be, it's, 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 it's all changes on the And fly. then the inactives for the sec, the later games are even a little later. Right. It's and just, those are things that you have exactly. to pay attention during the week. You have to pay attention to all the beat writers. You have to pay, because those beat writers, I'll tell you right now, they know what they're talking about. Yeah. And they have very good projections. They're really up close with the players and the teams. If you listen to what they're saying, you can predict who's actually going to be active, who's going to be playing, who's going to be making a difference. Starting Carson Palmer this week and putting him up in my ranks was not an easy thing to do. But paying attention to the beat writers, they had a little bit of a beat on it. I had him up in the rankings. That was one of those type of things. It was a late game. You didn't quite know what was going on. But you take the chance on it. Yeah, I love it. Good. Well, awesome work, and I agree with you. It's... Uh... It's, it's, it's important to go. And I appreciate the listeners who on Facebook and Second Opinions and Twitter, Twitter still not as much, but for kind of asking your questions earlier and listening and heeding our call that we're probably, we might be on our way to the game by 11 or might be setting our own lineups. Dog's got a, Dog's doing up, updating his rankings and all that stuff. And at the end of the day, you know, sometimes if you, if you ask a question, Five minutes before kickoff, eh, you know, we're, scr- we're scrambling to make our teams and all of our stuff go well, too. So, one little thing before we go to the next game. Um, we'll do one little quick promo. We got a lot. We've gotten about uh, eight uh, iTunes reviews in the last week since I said this on the last podcast. Thank you, people. Appreciate that. If you still haven't listened to this, I'm not going to talk about it for more than a minute here. If you haven't gone and you listen to our show regularly, please go to iTunes, hit, write a review, give us a review, give us five stars, give us four stars, give us three stars, two stars, one stars. I don't care what you do. I'd want it to be five over one as 
obviously. But hey. give us a review. Tell us what you think. If you think we're awesome, say it. What tell tell people what you like about it because that's just gonna help us. And already, just this little like literally the last four weeks since talking about this and you guys going in there, our standing is so much better on iTunes, and that's the forefront of what's going on in podcasts. So thank you. Help. Keep helping us out. Appreciate it. Let's Real go to the quick, p- last thing uh, in, yeah, this, yeah. in this game that we were talking about before yeah. we go to yeah. the next game. Go to, um, I don't think that Brian Hoyer is going to have the greatest game um, simply because he's not going to be passing the ball a lot. I know he only passed the ball 17 times last game, um, and he had a pretty decent game doing it, but it's not the same thing. This is a team that they're going to just try and work that clock and try and handle that ball, and they're going to be able to because that offensive front that they have, that those those – even without Mac, even without Alex Mac, that center, who's an absolute stud, that's a loss. But they still have a dominant front five there. Um, it, they're they're going to go ball con- control. It's going to be a ball control game. I think Bortles will have a pretty decent game, but I love Storm, and Storm Johnson. I don't love Storm Johnson's game, but I do like him in this game. He's going to be able to run against that Cleveland uh, uh, front four. They have not done very well against the run. I think they've given up the second most fantasy points. Uh, if I'm correct, Mo is is that right? Second most fantasy points. I think the Browns have given up uh, to running backs this year. Actually, no, they're 25th, uh, 20, giving up 22 points a game. So they're was that like the seventh or eighth? Yeah. I mean, either way, I think that Storm Johnson is going to be worked in this game. Yeah. I think they're going to get him. They had a, they he, had he, a plan he of getting get him 10 in carries. this game because he got worked in the last game with only 21 yards on 10 carries. <laughs> what do you got, Mo? Yeah, only seven teams are giving up more fantasy points than Cleveland. But it came out that uh, Storm Johnson was on a a tense uh, touch count last week. So I think they were really limiting him. Uh, and that's exactly and what he got, got exact 10, 10 touches. Carries, yeah. So I think they were really limiting him to see, you know, how much he could do, limiting the damage. Uh, I think you'll see a little bit more from him, you know, going forward. I, I had a girlfriend once that had a 10-touch-a-month policy. And uh, I kicked her to the curb, so I hope that they change this for Storm because she we want to keep her around. It was like after day two. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's like it's funny because well, her name was Storm too, wasn't it? Maybe. Yeah. No, her name was Cherry Delight. No joke. I dated yeah. a girl named Cherry Delight. That's phenomenal. Um, <laughs> I did. Jesus, I God want bless. To be you for a day. Sometime. God bless. I hope that nobody that knows her listens to this. All right, let's go on to the Bengals. <laughs> Jordan Cameron, by the way, back and going to kick ass in this game. Um, he'll get some good little play action passes. Jacksonville's terrible against uh, tight ends. Nice. He finally arrived last yeah, week. Yeah, he did. All right. Bengals and Colts. Let's start with the Colts. Uh, yeah, that was good times from uh, Luck and Jeez. T.Y. Hello. What's up, dudes? They fired it up on Thursday night last week. Do they keep this rolling? Obviously, I think we all believe Luck does. Yeah, you start. Luck is just ridiculous. Okay? This guy is... is, is Thrown for three or more touchdowns in four out of six games this year. Uh, he's thrown for 300 or more yards in five of six games. Four of them have gone for 370 yards or more. Um, he, he's facing the Bengals this week. The Bengals, listen to what this once vaunted defensive Bad defense. front. They've been my defense. Oh, terrible. Point. Over the last two weeks, to Cam Newton and Tom Brady combined for 568 passing yards. With six touchdowns, one interception, one rushing touchdown, Cam also rushed for 107 yards. Now, you know that Andrew Luck has the entire package here. 
This is setting up to be a game of fits for the uh, Cincinnati defense. And according to Greg Olson, two ankle twists. Yes, yes, I saw this. <laughs> My friend uh, said that. Uh, what's the guy's name? Benefunct or what's uh, yeah. Monte is perfect. Monte perfect. Twisted ankles after all. Like, hey, it's better than Dick Buckus who was uh, hitting your Johnson when you were uh, stuck in the pile back in uh, the old the, the, the Johnson's pals, not just the Johnson. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was <laughs> Johnson's stick. pals. Yeah. The, 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 the bean bags. He was going to the speed yeah, bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, epitome of fancy football, Andrew Luck. This last week, throws for 370 yards and three touchdowns and was eighth, eighth in quarterback fantasy points this week. Jeez. How is that possible? The 370 yards that's and three touchdowns and you're eighth. Wow. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. You know up. what this tells you, too? This is, this is also, I think, one of these key things in fantasy for all the teams that have the good quarterbacks that are scoring. You're doing better in fantasy right now because, again... In this new system with the, 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 the emphasis with all the, the flags and they're letting offensive uh, players have, have their, their, their will at, at, at times, and they're able to spread them up because everybody's got so many more receivers now that there are quarterbacks that are not just... 300 yards used to be a tough barrier to get to now. Now it's like 350 yards is, is, seems to be the mark because everybody's going nuts because no defender can touch you after, after they get off the line of scrimmage. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Let's talk about. Uh, let's go to the Bengals. Or, you know, quickly go through. Let's quickly go through Bradshaw, Trent Richardson. What's happening there? And then we, you know, we don't even need to talk about the wide receivers. Go to the rankings. You know, I think they're all those guys are playable to 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 a degree. Depending. See, what do you think about is, Trent is, again, and Bradshaw? This is, this is a team. The culture of power and numbers team. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bradshaw is still the more dynamic. Threat in this offense, yet they are still determined to get Trent Richardson going. So, and it's also because they also know what the tendency and the probability that Ahmad Bradshaw is going to break down. So you can't overwork Ahmad Bradshaw. That's what they did last year, and that's what killed him. So they're going to continue to 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 do what they need to in order to at least establish a running game or a presence of a run game. I don't know that I would predict either of these guys really being able to go off though. Uh, the Bengals have given up. Uh, it's not quite, but close to five yards a game, uh, five yards a uh, carry yeah. to, to running backs this year, uh, which if anybody's been watching football, that's not something that Richardson can do anymore. <laughs> you know, uh, that he's a two and a half yard per carry uh, type of guy. I could see Bradshaw doing it, mm-hmm. which leads me to believe that Bradshaw will have a pretty decent game. Richardson will have some volume, but I don't see the, a tremendous game out of Richardson. He'll have a pretty good game because he'll get the volume, but I see Bradshaw having the better game. Before I go, to you, got, before I go to you, Mo, one thing I want to mention before I go to you, sorry. I hate watching Trent Richardson more than any player in the world. <laughs> it's unbelievable the way he gets the ball in his hands. He does a jump twice in that game. Yeah. Great holes, great opportunity. Pop it out to the outside like an Arian Foster might or a DeMarco Murray might or jump and bump it right up the middle and go and get three. Make the decision. Instead, literally jumps right behind a lineman that's getting pushed back into him and you are you absolutely you've made the only wrong decision. It's like choose your own books when we were kids. Yeah. There's one decision that you cannot make but again and again this guy makes it. It is the worst player to watch of all time. Agreed. All right, let me be the first to say congratulations to you then. You get one vagina for the rest of your life. Real smart, Frank. Way to work it through. 
He is a vagina. If he's in your starting lineup, basically the, the icon shouldn't be injured. It shouldn't be plus trajectory going up. It should just be some nice lips. A big hairy muff. Yeah, a big Pretty muff. Up That's there. what he wants in the old PIL album cover. Fine. That, it's like a cover of a Wii magazine. O U I, French porn magazine back from the 70s. <laughs> it's like that. All right. Maybe a Black Crow's Morica. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's move to the Bengals. Let's do the Bengals. Oh, Mo, what'd you get? What'd you have there? Yeah, yeah. You sorry, sorry. Going on go on, go on, and let's move to the Bengals and kind of cruise through them. Well, just real quick, uh, I do like Dwayne Allen uh, coming mm-hmm. up this week uh, against the tight end. Cincinnati is giving up not only the most yards per game, ninety-three point two, but also giving up the most receptions by over two receptions a game. They're giving up just over eleven receptions a game to opposing tight ends. So Dwayne Allen, you know, to this point, has been kind of touchdown dependent. I like him to have a good game. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I mean, they haven't given up a, a ton of touchdowns yet to, to the tight ends. But, I mean, still, three touchdowns in five games to the tight ends is, you know, that that's no small potatoes. It's not like uh, Seattle, actually, who's given up seven touchdowns to tight ends in five games. But they've only given up 22 receptions as opposed to Cincinnati's 40. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, I do like a Dwayne Allen this game. They're going to use him quite a bit um, as a blocker and probably in the play action get him out there on some passes. I, I do like a Dwayne Allen this game for sure. I agree, but it seems like Fleener, it's, 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 a, it's a dueling pianos on that, it on is. that one. And, and that's, that's kind of frustrating where Ladarius Green, let's say, on San Diego has been such a turd that it's given all these opportunities for Gates where these guys are both playing pretty good. Mo, what do you got? Well, uh, just on the other side, real quick, I know we're moving on, but you guys know Marvin Jones, right? Officially on IR. IR, yeah. For Cincinnati. Yeah, really? Yeah. They, 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 he went to go see a doctor, a same foot doctor that uh, Johnson or something like that, the same foot doctor that oh. AJ Green went to to uh, check out his foot. He's done for the year. Yeah, and they said, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you just. Done for the year. They, they signed Greg Little. I don't know how much that means. Probably Little, but uh, yeah, Marvin Jones for all those guys <laughs> hoping for something. He's, he's done. To Rick Rogers tried out for him, didn't make it. They took Greg Little over him. Somebody else pretty good tried out for him too. That uh, they ended up taking Greg Little over him. I, that's pure Cincinnati, if you ask me. <laughs> that's too bad for him. But actually, a lot, a lot of people have asked. Us, although grabbing to Rick Rogers probably would have been pure Cincinnati. A lot of people have asked us questions in that regard about Shay with AJ down. Should I go Sanu or Marvin Jones? Is Marvin Jones gonna be hot? There you go. I never said one word positive about Jones for no reason other than I was waiting a couple days. These questions happened in the last day or two. But, and I wanted to find out more information, get more time. But there, there's your answer. If you're going for something on that team, you're going for Sanu. Not only that, I think the other thing that you got to now keep in mind is and how long is AJ going to be out for? We, we don't. Nah, you know what? He's, he's still questionable this week. Right. I, so, I know Donald will play this I, week. I worry that if he does play this week that it's one of these things again where you re-aggravate it and that this is this is what he keeps doing to himself. He keeps re-aggravating the injury. What it tells me and this is already a team that was gearing itself more toward the run they're going to be geared even more toward the run now. Uh, hill, 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 hill. My only problem with it is that they had a scare. I know. Well, I watched I, it. I had a big scare. I've got Giovanni right Bernard too and I, I needed to yeah. And, and after that run, then it was Luke Keekley, who I also have in defensive league, and Luke Keekley nailed Giovanni, or Giovanni as he wants to be called now. Giovanni. And oh okay. my, I'm like, and he's holding his shoulder and he was walking off, and it looked like he had a separated shoulder. 
And he was out for, I don't know how long he was out for. It was almost a quarter. Yeah, it was almost a quarter, back. but he came back at the end of the fourth quarter. I was scared. Or my, listen, time, my, my first draft pick, Adrian Peterson. We all know what happened to him. Yeah. Second one, Monty <laughs> Ball. Gone. Oh. My third, Giovanni Bernard. <laughs> oh, my God. I haven't... <laughs> I mean, I'm winning this league, but I wouldn't have been very long. You're chopping off the running backs. But I will say, before I send it over to you, Mo, I'll say, damn, the ability for, uh, against, uh, was that Janaris uh, Jenkins? Yeah. Uh, For who? No, 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 that wasn't. That was... That was something different. That was actually uh, Brandon Lloyd. But the way he was able to run from them, we'll get to the Niners. But I was impressed as hell by Giovanni or Gian, well, Giovanni. Giovanni. The way that he was able to just kind of not break away, but just be just oh. fast enough. That whole time, there's no pick. way yeah. that you thought at the 50 oh, no. yard line that he was scoring. It's, yeah. it's no a, way. It's a 13 point touchdown in my league. I'm going, I'm watching well, it wrong. I'm like, 17. I'm, I'm yelling, well, no, no, just the touchdown, not even the yard. There you itself, go, there you okay? go, there you go. Yeah. And I'm going, run, you motherfucker, just get in the goddamn end zone. I didn't think, oh. he, I didn't think he had it. <laughs> no, at the 50 yard line, you're like, oh my no. god, this is going to be so great. Oh, it's going to be so close. If this was Ellington, uh-huh. he'd be pulling away. He just had to do the exact amount of distance. Got, well, the other guy couldn't catch up. You know what must have been so frustrating when he was like, dude, I'm faster than this guy. Why can't I catch up? Oh, Mo, is, go is, hit is, it. Is Giovanni kind of a tranny name? Or yeah. Something? No, I think it's a name. He said it was perfume. named after, like, no, 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 it was named after, uh, like, his father, like, used to go somewhere, like, uh, to get the haircut or something. This Italian guy, he was named after this guy, Giovanni. Giovanni. Yeah. I'm Joe. I'm Giovanni. Not very masculine. Go for it, Mo. Well, just another um, nod maybe to Mohamed Sanu now that Marvin Jones is on IR. Um, Marvin Lewis uh, said about A.J. Green, who's technically questionable at this point, he said he's got, and I quote, a shot to play. And to me, that sounds like coach talk. Uh, I checked out some beat reporters. Uh, they're not looking hopeful. It looks like he's going to be out another week, but, you know, always keep your eye on the injury report. But it looks like Sanu could be in line for some touches. He's already been awesome. He gave, he went from being uh, a bigger, taller, probably smarter from Rutgers version, no offense to you, Indiana University students, <laughs> of uh, Randall L. Uh, he's actually going to get tons of opportunities, and even without... AJ Dalton still seems to be able to get it done, which is, I think, something that kind of makes us bite our tongue because I think everyone that watches football out there is just like, ah, oh, he's he's nothing without AJ, and he still can seem to lead, well, I mean, seem to get it done. He is averaging only the twenty sixth most. I agree. I'm saying last game he actually had a better game than you would have thought without AJ Green. Around. He had an extra quarter to do it. Okay. It was a full quarter. Yeah, it, was a full it was a full quarter. That's why if, if Gio didn't go down, man, he was going to give me 230 yards in that game or something. Us. Yeah. Us. Uh, you know who was going to give us a couple more quarters? He gives it to Until the day. police arrested them and shut down their whole operation? <laughs> Not Valverde. Valverde. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. So good. All right, let's um, let's move on. The one thing I want to say about this show, obviously, it's week seven, and I was trying to come up with something cool and nifty with the name of this show, and I'll figure it out when I edit it and put it up. But the the thing that kept popping into my head whenever I thought of seven is a Beatles track that I love the end of. The name of the song is "You Never Give Me Your Money," and it's 
just off Abbey Road, as ridiculous as it gets. And I don't know why, but the number seven always makes me think about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All good kids go to all the children go to heaven. Thank you. some crickets in there too. We'll move on to the next game. Vikings at the Bills. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> wow. How about the way that Teddy Bridgewater was just manhandling destroyed by the Lions defense? I'd like to say that it was his fault except that that offensive line collapsed. Just it, it, I'm wondering why they're all still there. They were terrible. Uh, eight sacks? Yeah. Eight sacks is not on a quarterback. Eight sacks has something to do with that offensive line being really bad. No, that offensive line, I'm telling you. Pretty, 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 pretty bad. good. Pretty good. Watch out for that first step. It's a doozy. Yeah, no, well, the, defense, uh, the defensive front of Detroit is pretty darn good. Yeah, that defense, that, that actually, they're that now defense. the number one defensive uh, uh, team as far as uh, holding teams in, uh, in points allowed, and I think they're the number scoring, two scoring uh, fantasy yeah, team. So not bad at all. No, they're, they're a lot better than um, anybody would have given them credit for this year going into. A lot the better season. than the Panthers, who yeah. people thought were a top four, top five team this no, year. They, 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 they lost pieces. I knew they were going to fall apart a little bit. They weren't going to be top, you know, the top five like they were last year. But I mean, either way. Uh, this Detroit team has really improved on so, that defensive but, but side. But we're talking about Teddy here, so here's my question to you, because now they're facing the Bills. They go out into Buffalo to face them. Bridgewater, if you look at what the potential is, the Bills shut down running games. So yeah. this is going to be, they're the best team at shutting down the run. So that's not going to be good if you're an Asiata owner. If you're a Jarek McKinnon owner, you you got to hope to get more of it in the, in the receiving game. Uh, and they... They do allow a lot of points to to uh, to wide receivers, twenty five point seven. But they're still holding down quarterbacks to a decent level. And Teddy, I just don't I just don't know. Again, with that offensive line, you got you got Mario Williams here is going to be putting on a, a fierce pass rush. I got a feeling it's still going to be kind of more of the same this week for him. Yeah, and I, I I don't expect him to have a great game. But the fact that matters, there's going to be volume. They're going to have to pass that ball. Uh, they're not going to be able to run it. Ashada, whatever his name is, he's, he's not going to run the ball. It's going to be McKinnon. McKinnon's going to get a lot of touches. Um, and he is dynamic enough to be able to break a couple if possible. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But they're going to use him in the passing game. Um, and that's what's going to happen. Bridgewater's going to pass the ball a lot. Um, I would expect Patterson to be involved a little bit more this week. You know, right? that, that, I know it's tough to, to, to depend on something like that. How about can he get involved? Forget about a little bit more. How about can he get involved? Yeah. The they, coach is telling him, you want what the coach is saying, Zimmerman? He's got to get open. All these complaints about, well, we're not getting the ball, we're not doing this. 
I like the way this coach right now is bringing it down. He's like, I'm going to start pulling playing time. I'm going to start pe- holding these guys accountable. And what he's saying about everyone thinking about that just because Patterson was awesome last year and there was so much energy going in, he's like, you know what Patterson's got to do? He's got to friggin' get open. Yeah, you know what? They also have to use him the way that they used him last year. They're not running the ball with him. They're not getting him on those sideline, uh, the, those quick uh, two rushing attempts since week one. Yeah, they're not getting him on those quick hitches uh, in the in the backfield where they toss it to him with the, the wide receiver screens. They're not doing that. They're not getting the ball in his hands the way they should. This guy's full of shit is what he is. He's not. He's, <laughs> you know, he's making excuses. He's putting it on Patterson instead of putting it on himself. All right, I got to tell you, this is a guy who's one of the most talented guys in the entire league who can run by anybody. Who's uh, th- th- This guy is phenomenal. You, you saw him last yeah. year. You've even saw him in certain plays this year. You get the ball in that guy's hands. Northeast and Northwest. He's the best guy, wide receiver with the ball in his hands since uh, Terrell Owens. Got no, anything, Mo? No, what do you got for him, brother? Well, I, I agree. I, I love Cordero, you know, and I heard what Zimmer said. Uh, I think they got to use him right. Kind of same thing with uh, Percy Harvin. Uh, on the other end, though, with the Bills, I got a good stat. C.J. Spiller, in the last 16 games, we're talking a full season, he's got one rushing touchdown, one passing touchdown, and a total of four games over 70 yards. Oh, okay. Oh. Season, if you add it up, that's a full season's worth of work. Two total TDs and four games over 70 yards. It's insane. Well, you know, Valverde did a great, uh, great uh, news feed today on it, and he's basically just saying, I mean, he had, he had 12 snaps. C.J. Spiller was in 12 snaps in this game. Mm. I mean, that's... Well, we're expelled. My life is over, and I'm going to wind up working at Red Lobster. You already work in Red Lobster. Yeah, but it's part-time, dick. <laughs> Pretty much. I think I saw on that, on that ESPN draft or NFL Network draft show with Spiller. I'm not kidding. I think it was actually Chili's. They were interviewing them the whole thing. But I think we need to make it from now on. In my mind, it's going to be in Red Lobster. Just put a, put a little Red Lobster hat on him instead of a Bill's helmet. Some some uh, some nice... <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, you don't mind me tooting the horn real quick. Tune it up. I, you guys know I, I do love to toot the horn. One of the things that I was talking about this summer, don't sleep on Fred yeah. Jackson. Again. The I, guy is just really good. Yeah. I don't care how old you think he is. Because he's not as old as he plays. He doesn't have the wear and tear that the guys who are his age have. He plays like he's, you know, upper 20s, you know, 28, 29. He'll be done in a year or two. But at this point, he's not. He is an automatic play in your offense. He's like Thomas Jones was at the end of his career. Yeah. Yeah. A guy that just just put up stats all the time, was always underrated, but just always got done. And this is a great week for him to get done. Minnesota sucks. At defending running backs, they they are thirtieth in the league. They've given up uh, twenty four points a game. Just so you guys know, I, you know I'm an expert uh, Google image searcher. Do a Google image image search for Thomas Jones's birthday, and check out all the awesome images of him and all the uh, the the Rat Magazine uh, and Booty Girls that are at. This guy was having a good time. Doesn't shock me at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, 
anything else to say? I, I'd say we move on from this game. If you got a question about the no, Bills, hit a second opinion. Robert Woods is, is, is looking good. Again, yeah. all these guys, uh, the Bills receivers look a lot more viable now that Kyle Orton's there. And they Absolutely. actually have a, a decent quarterback. Absolutely. But he is making some terrible plays. But I think that'll clean up a little bit as he gets a little more acclimated to the offense. It's still... It's still it's a better deal. A lot more accurate than it was before. And yeah. who, who had the best game and is a, is a pickup major if you got... Crappy uh, tight ends, or you ran into the injury bug. I mean, it looks like Chandler, Scott Chandler, somehow every year, I'd say five years in a row, this guy's been fantasy relevant when he's probably the most afterthought 300th player on everyone's rankings. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, he has. I'm not saying he's great. Believe me, he has a few games during the year where he just. He goes nuts. Like last game, it was a really nice game for him. I would expect that from him every game. Um, But. You know, with all the bye weeks, and there's going to be weeks coming up where there's going to be six teams on buys. Hey, he's worth a shot. Sure. Well, some yeah, of the well, some of the questions we're getting, and then at least yeah. some of the questions we're getting, these players that people are like, it's between him and him and him. Grab Scott Chandler. Grab Scott Chandler. Uh, he's going to be better because people are in big leagues, deep benches, and you're surprised on some of these these questions that we get on the talent. That we're kind of reviewing and giving them between. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, sometimes because he also is going to have to always have the potential for red zone touchdowns too. Even though he hasn't scored a lot, he's six foot seven. You know, this is this is a big target in the red zone. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to the next one, and that's going to be another one o'clock game. That's the Dolphins at the Bears. Obviously, huge news coming out this morning. No Sean Moreno, ACL injury, done for the year. Lamar Miller. Who actually has been looking great with him in his absence, even with him playing this week, had a really really nice game. Lamar Miller owners have got to be pretty excited. The team's got a lot of work to do, but I still I don't know why I'm not giving up hope on him. Here's the other thing, real quick, and then I'll, I'll let, I want to let you go in on this dog. Is what's I think really great if you're a Lamar Miller owner, especially if you have good depth at your running back position. Now here's a guy that becomes either a sell-high candidate or if people are just not willing to give you enough for him, then you have an opportunity to trade one of your other backs and elevate him to really improve your team. I agree. I agree. I mean, listen, the guy is dynamic. Um, Specifically this week, though. I am not the biggest fan of, of Miller this week, and strangely enough, it's because this Bears defense, which used to be a sieve, uh, you know, going up against, you go up against them last year, you could, you you know, rushers were going for 150 plus yards. They've really shorted up. They've done something with this defense that I was not expecting this year. They are attacking the run. They're making sure that these guys aren't getting big plays. Sure, a big play comes here and there with a, you know, like an Anton, Anton Smith last week, uh, but that wasn't a run. I mean, that was a quick little, that was a pass that he happened to get by on the sidelines. That guy is so fast, by the way. It's, it's fun yeah. to watch Anton Smith. You're right, Mo. Dude. I mean, he, he is exciting to watch. I'm, I am a fan of his, but he's just not going to get the touches. Anyway, getting, getting back to the Bears. But the Bears have really done well. Lately, they really have. They've shored up their well, defense. What's crazy is that they did it last week with three backup linebackers. Yeah. So you know they're finally also starting to get some pressure on uh, on the quarterback. Yep. Surprisingly, uh, spot player on the defensive line, Willie Young, leads the NFL with seven sacks. I know. Isn't that crazy? So go figure. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
It's getting us all fired up when we're watching the games too, because it's it's awesome to watch. It is. They have talent. It's not. They have the talent. It's that they they weren't putting anything together. The the linebackers were slow and and and. And I'll tell you what too. It's it's tough that if they are able to do that and they are able to slow down Lamar Miller, uh, Tannehill also as much as we like what he has in potential, he hasn't gotten it going. No, he hasn't. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe part of that is because, again, it's the Bill Lazor's new offense, and it, uh, maybe it's a few learning curve as far as how long it takes him to get it going. But, you know, he just really has not been able to, it wasn't, the last two games he's been decent. Where he's, he's not throwing for a 300-yard game. I think he's only got two games where he's thrown for over 250 yards. Um, and But he scored over about 25 fantasy points each of the last two weeks. Before that, he hadn't scored over 20. So, yeah, but it, I mean, he has started, but you see it growth, but it, it is fewest. No big plays still. Yeah, no, true. His fewest is 12.7. You know, it's, he hasn't had a bad game yet, is, is what it is. He hasn't had a great game yet, but he hasn't had a bad game yet either. Right. His best game was a couple weeks ago against Oakland. Kind of expected. Yeah. Um, you know, back that? in week four. But he hasn't had a bad game. His last, his best two games of the year are his last two games against Green Bay and against Oakland. I expect it to get a little bit better. Like you said, Lazor being there, Bill Lazor. Is it Lazor or Lazor? I don't even know. Uh, L-A-Z-O-R. I, call I like Lazor. Yeah, I think it's Lazor. Um, I got a Lazor on my ass right now. I want to go play laser tag. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling kind of lazy. I'd like to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so anyway, I, I get my fill bit of that. I just don't see it. No. That's quite a Tannehill climb. Um, anyway. I'll punch, I'll punch you later. <laughs> We're stupid. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Um, anyway, back to the matter in hand here. I don't think that anybody on Miami is going to have that great of a game. If if Atlanta can't do it against them, I hate to say it, then I'm I'm going to tell you right now, I don't see Miami doing against them either. The Bears haven't won at home yet. Uh, really? I, I, come I, on, let's not all of a sudden think I'm that not, drink I'm the not, Kool-Aid. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah, I'm not. I really got a feeling that... I'm not saying they're going to be great, but I, I don't think the Bears' defense will be the reason of, of No, of and that, the Bears' defense, they, they have limited some of those bigger plays, but they've also had a, given up a couple of big plays that got called back by penalties that... We're not on record. So how many of those? Frank Gore had. Frank Gore had. A, I know. There's too many. So many okay. big plays. Every time there's a touchdown, you're looking up in the right to see if there's a little yellow bar on here's there. Here's what I worry about, about more so. Here's what I worry about. Time yeah. there is. Here's what I worry about more so as far as with the Bears defense. These younger linebackers that came in, they did good because you look at Lance Briggs and DJ Williams when they're on the field, they're slow. Slow. They're, I mean, they're too slow. They, I'm, I'm like, am I watching a college player who just, just can't play at this level? I'm no. I'm watching an old, a, a star player that had just lost it, and and he looks a little bit. They both look out of shape too. So I'm thinking that I'll like the Bears' defense better if those guys don't play. Okay. The the, the two guys that I'm fearful of, uh, being a being a Bears fan on Miami right now, it's not. Wallace. Wallace is not going deep. He's not making that huge, big, long Jarvis player. Jarvis Landry? It's Jarvis Landry. Yeah. And, of course, I think Lamar Miller Lamar can Miller, still yeah. break one off because he's got that sort of speed and that sort of talent to be able to do that. Um, they have been. If the linebackers are the fast ones and not the slow ones, I think they can contain a Lamar Miller in this game. 
it's Landry that I'd have a problem with, but I think if they pay attention to Landry enough, I don't think he breaks out the big one. Maybe a big one comes, maybe it doesn't. I don't well, know. Did you guys watch Wall- Wallace dropped a big one. Yeah, I know. Wallace dropped a big one. It was, he dropped in many of my leagues a 17-pointer. If you'll mind, uh, I'm actually going to go drop a big one real quick. <laughs> nice work. But yeah, he dropped a big one and came back and it's just like, God, I was hoping that was going to be, those days were going to be done. But a lot of points on the table. Mo, you got anything to say on, on this matchup? Uh, yeah, a couple things. With the Bears, they talk about um, you know the Black Unicorn having a really good September. Well, if he's got a good September, Forte has a damn good October. Um, in his career, October's been the best month. He's got 15 touchdowns in October. His next closest is 9 December, and it's his highest yards per carry, 4.74. So even though Miami is a tough D against the run, Forte should be starting to cook here pretty soon. Uh, I also like the Bears' wide receivers. Miami's D against number one wide receivers have been pretty suspect. Uh, Only five teams have gained more yards with their number one wide receiver against uh, Miami. And so far, week one, Julian Edelman, 95 yards versus Miami. Week two, Sammy Watkins, 117 yards and a touchdown. That was his only 100-yard game, by the way. Uh, Jordy Nelson, 107 yards and a touchdown. So Miami's both team those last number games. number one wide receivers is pretty tough. Yep. So are you, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's. I, I. I agree. I think the other thing too to think about though, watch for what's going to be the most important thing for those wide receivers for the Bears to get off is going to be the play of the Bears offensive line because. Believe it or not, the Bayou Dolphins got a pretty good pass rush with Cameron Wake on one side and Oliver Vernon on the other side. And Vernon was the guy that blew off the ball and, and took uh, uh, Rodgers down, almost got a, a strip sack fumble on that one, uh, but, but sacked him. They're, it's an aggressive front on that defense, and, and you all, so they're going to be putting pressure on if and the Bears are still moving guys around on that offensive line. Jordan Mills has not been very solid at all, so we'll see what happens there. That's going to be the one area of concern for me is to watch uh, how how that how they defend on those two defensive ends. Watching because having a bunch of players in that game, watching them lose in that heartbreaking fashion, the Dolphins. I kind of think they're going to come out and be very very hungry for a victory. I think the Bears came out and had uh, a nice game uh, for their own sake. But at the same time, I just don't know if they're going to be as hungry. I think this is going to be a great scoring game. We know what the offense of the Bears can do. But I think maybe Tannehill keeps climbing and keeps climbing and climbing that hill, as you said, dog, and has another fine game. And uh, I don't know. I think there's going to be a – I see the Bears losing this game, to be honest. Going 0-3 at home. Yeah, I see the Bears losing this game. It just seems to me that's going to happen. Let's move on to the team that was just on the bye, Saints. Under delivering in one of our the league I the one league that dog does I do it with them I took Breeze second overall I've never had Breeze on a team in any league I've called him a noodle arm for years but I respect and love his game you got him at the wrong I time. got him <laughs> and all my fears and all the things I've said have become true I hope it's not it's it's not too late he can turn this thing around I hope but. I don't think this is the week he does it, though. I, I want to so hear it. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I did some research on this one. Ugh, you're not going to be happy. 
So, first of all... Like starting Tannehill? <laughs> uh, might be closer than you think. So, Maybe. he's facing the Lions at home. The Lions are the number one defense, as we talked about. They're holding quarterbacks. Get this. Ten fantasy points a game. Ten. <laughs> quarterbacks. Uh, and he's not at home. No. Yeah, so he's away. He doesn't have Jimmy Graham. He doesn't have Jimmy Graham. We also know that, that how bad no, he not plays. Definitely, but... I, no, Graham's going to be out for two to three weeks, they're just saying. So. Yeah, yeah, everything I've heard is two to three weeks, but they're also not counting him out this game. I, that's we'll see. Yeah, that's I'm coaching. counting him out. The Saints have played three road games this year. They're 0-3. Uh, the Lions have held quarterbacks under 150 passing yards three times out of six games and have yet to allow a 300-yard passer against them. Drew Brees, on those 0-3 uh, road games... Uh, He's only thrown five touchdowns and three interceptions. And that's kind of his MO. Never been very good on the road as opposed to home, obviously. Uh, but without a Jimmy Graham, without his safety bat, without his go-to guy, I just don't see it. This is easily the lowest I've ever ranked him, mm-hmm. um, by the way. Yeah, he's it's, been a top five guy almost straight for three seasons. Yeah, and, and, and it's <laughs> not even close, to be honest. I mean, he is not even like, he's not top 15 for no. me. And that is a tough thing to do. I think the, the only bastion of hope that you're going to have here is, is I really think that it, it's the Saints are probably going to lose this game, uh, the way that the, that the Lions are, 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 have been playing. And I, I think that the only guys that I and really, the way the Saints have been playing, right? Well. well, the only guy that I'll feel comfortable about starting right on the Saints now. And remember, we've gone back and forth on this guy too. But again, matchup will dictate. And I'll say that Pierre Thomas, and I think that's going to be as a receiver. That it's going to be a lot of dump offs as Drew is just trying to avoid uh, the ferocious pass rush. I, I don't, see, you know, he, they're going to try to take a couple deep shots, whether it be to a Brandon Cooks or to a Kenny Stills. I just don't see a high, a high, uh, you know, percentage. Is Ingram back at the same time? Now, I don't think Ingram will be quite back yet, but at the same time, this is another one of those situations where is it going to be a Travaris Cadet? Yeah, right. You know? I mean, I, I couldn't definitely say it's going to be Pierre Thomas either. Well, I, I, I again, I think Cadet's going to be getting his role as well, but I, I feel more comfortable after the game that Pierre had the last time. And again, it's coming off of the bye. Uh, it, I don't know if he was dinged up or whatever it is, but I, I, I still think, again, you're not going to be able to run inside on these guys. So I think Cadet and him are probably going to be the two guys, but I still have more faith than Pierre. The Saints yeah, are agreed. marching in on the fantasy football points. So, Lions, what do you think, dog? Give us a little breakdown. We got Mo, who's from Michigan, Detroit fan, went to state. We'll let him talk as well. But you quickly, uh, Mo, let, let dog give a little his little dealio on the Lions, and then you guys go, and let's move on to the next game. Well, they're talking about possibly resting Calvin some more. And, and I don't think it'd be the uh, the worst idea in the world, to be honest. Um, New Orleans has been able to uh, uh, be beat on their de- on the defensive side this year. They were dominant last year, but they lost a couple pieces. They gained back a couple pieces. I'm a little dumbfounded actually by the fact that, that you know that they are they've been so bad at defense this year. Um, but I do see that uh, I do see Detroit being able to move the ball a little bit. I think Reggie Bush comes back. And I think Reggie Bush sticks it to his old team, uh, to be quite honest. I think Bush is the one who's going to dominate in this one as opposed to a George awesome. Bell. Um, so that, that'll be interesting. I think Bush will be very motivated to do so. Um, strangely, I think this is, and this is the last thing I would have ever said about this game, 
in the beginning of the season. I think this is going to be more of a ball control type of game than it is a passing game, to be quite honest. I don't think that um, either team has their best receiver, obviously. Jimmy Graham being out and Calvin Johnson possibly being out. Uh, Golden Tate showed that he can't handle being a number one on a team. Um, so I think they're going to have a, they're just going to have a little difficulty there. I think they're going to have to run the ball a little bit more, and I think they're going to want to keep some control of the ball because they're afraid. I wouldn't, you know, even though Jeremy Graham isn't there, I'd still be a little bit afraid of Breeze. Mm-hmm. They still have Colston. Cooks can, you know, obviously do, do some strange things and, and crazy things out there. They still have Kenny Stills. Um, it wouldn't shock me if Meacham got in a, a few good reps in there. No, um, not, not enough to start. <laughs> not enough to start, but, I mean, they still have, like, weapons. Right. So I would want to keep the ball away from them. And, and it wouldn't shock me if this was more of a ball control, quicker game than you're used to. And normally, I would say this would be the longest game of the week, easily, in the beginning of the season. I don't see that anymore. No, and the other thing, too, is also one of these games where you look at with Detroit, and a lot of times you say, oh, there could be a high-scoring game, and then they're not. Yeah. Yo. What do you got, Mo? Um, yeah, with uh, the Lions, you know, I've been hearing that uh, Calvin will probably sit. But again, you know, keep your eyes on that. You know, last week I was really hoping that uh, Riddick, he was one of my favorite sleeper picks uh, in the preseason. I, yeah. I still love the kid. He's an old Notre Damer. He did it all at Notre Dame. Wide receiver, um, running back. They were talking about him having, you know, 50-plus catches out of the backfield. The guy just can't stay healthy, though. Injured in the preseason, battling hamstring all year, re-aggravated it this game. You know, he, he was the leading receiver, 75 yards last week, targeted six times, caught five, scored a TD, but just can't stay on the field. Um, and as far as the other two backs, Bell and Bush, Bush is a homer, man. He has scored all but one of his touchdowns with the Lions at home. Wow. Bush is a homer. He, he does well on turf. Uh, not only – and the Saints, by the way, uh, allowing eight receptions per game to running backs. Only two other teams allow more, and that's his game. He's he catching balls out of the backfield. It's a, not only a revenge game for Bush going back against New Orleans, but also Joe Lombardi, uh, the Lions OC, who was once at uh, New Orleans. Is, is yeah, Bush is definitely playing this week? It, it, it looks like it. He, he said that he probably could have played last game. Um, but they didn't really need him all that much against Minnesota. They, they took the win anyway. Uh, he's uh, he's ripe and ready for this game. He's, he's psyched to play this one, and I expect him back in full force. Go, go. Yeah, Bush is uh, technically saying, and I quote, he is 100%, um, although he's technically listed as questionable right now. Uh, <laughs> most beat reporters are saying he's going to go this week. Awesome. Last thing before we move on this game, we'll give a uh, Houdini Noonan bet, uh, Brandon Cooks update. Noonan is not looking good whatsoever. I made the same bet with you. I know yeah, you're disregarding 255 it. yards receiving through six weeks for Brandon Cooks. He he need, I need him to with the, I need him to light it up for like 160 yards for me to even have a chance. This I'll, give, I'll give you props on this. I'm glad I didn't take the bet from you last week. Uh, Dallas beating Seattle. There you go. There you I go. called the baby. That was a great call, by the way. They're they're not bad. They're not bad. And I think uh, I, I I don't know how just you, the way the NFL works. I don't know how you came up with that. Like where you get your your knowledge from, but I think I have an idea. Wait, wait. The dark man got a fucking dog in your neck. 
receiver in the league, hands down, is Jordy Nelson. The best athlete. Um, Bet we've all we've all been on his jock for years. I know you called him this year, but I drafted him <laughs> in the second round two years ago, three years ago. I love we love him. we love him. and he's got a great quarterback. But the fact is, he's definitely the best white offensive player, a special you know other special position, yeah. other than quarterback player in the league. And I like I would take a Julio Jones over him. I wouldn't. T- I would maybe take a Dez over him, but I wouldn't take a Calvin over him, I, I, just because of age. Whatever. Let's move on. Friggin' Jordy, redonkulous what he does. I know, dog, it's your guy, so. All we are is dust in the wind. Oh, oh, oh. You're my boy, Blue. You're my It reminds me, Alfred Blue is also my boy. He'll he be, is he'll be coming up in two weeks when uh, Eric Dog, we, we, we learned over the course of this podcast. Oh, they're all your boys. They are. They're all my they're boys. All your boys. You're like if the voice, if the voice was Mo, Houdini, Noon, or D-Rex, and Dogmatica instead of uh, Pharrell. Gwen Stefani, the country music guy, and the dude from Maroon 5. Dog would, he'd, he'd get all of them. We'd be like, no, we'd be hitting the button. I love that singer. I love that singer. No. Dog would he automatically would win all of them. No, I already made a deal with him backstage. All right, so oh, some Cam vo- Newton. The voice humor. Wow. Epic stuff. <laughs> I, I apologize. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. I know. But I, I, it took me, most people don't. I didn't figure it out until he was talking about hit the button on one of all the singers, and I figured that one was. Yeah, but I think my mom won't. My mom watched it. Your mom will understand what I was saying. Do you feel okay with this? Ring the fucking bell, you fancy. Ding, ding. The bell doesn't work. It only does work. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. 107. Okay. He's a different quarterback when he runs. He had not run this entire year. I think what he had, 42 rushing yards before yeah. last week. And last week he throws for 284 yards, I want to say, off, the top, off of my memory here. 107 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown. 17 carries. I, that's, this is, and now, you face off against a Packer defense that is susceptible to this type of a quarterback, especially if they're not able to get pressure on the quarterback, which they have not been able to do consistently this year. The Packers have faced running quarterbacks this year thus far and not done very well against those running quarterbacks. Um, I do see Cam Newton having a really good game in this one, uh, specifically because he's playing the Packers. The Packers have actually done pretty well against quarterbacks in general, only given up seven passing touchdowns and intercepted the ball nine times. That's impressive. 
Um, only giving up 1,344 yards passing in six games. So, you know, just a, a touch over, you know, what, uh, to 220 yards, something like that. But the fact that matters is that you can run against them. Um, Geno Smith had a rushing touchdown. Christian Ponder had himself a running touchdown. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill had 49 rushing yards against them. Cutler even had 29 rushing yards against them. Russell Wilson had 29 uh, rushing yards against them. You're going to be able to rush against these guys. Right. I'll tell you that. And that's what Cam's going to do. Especially because they don't have a run, any running backs. And <laughs> Val Verde had a, 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 a run against him. I really like that. I hope we can find a way to have that seamlessly become a part of the second step of Valverde. Now, Jonathan Stewart, Jonathan Stewart um, will be back this week. This week, this okay. week. Um, he was uh, supposed going to be back last week. Couldn't quite make it last second. Uh, he practiced during the week. Uh, didn't, didn't make it. He'll be back this week. Not that that scares anybody anymore. No, it, it, that's the problem. But still, can we say in ten years when we're still doing this podcast? As a joke, can it be an inside joke? Be like, yeah, whenever we're talking about the Panthers, we'll say, yeah, and D'Angelo is still on the injured, is still injured and banged up, but Stewart's coming back this uh, week. We don't even have to talk about it. We're, no, we're talking that, that about will be talking about That will be mentioned in 10 years. Good. I want every week, and so when there, we don't know what's going to happen with the running game, we're like, Stewart, we think he's coming back. I mean, John Stewart's a funny guy. <laughs> you know. He's always coming back. All right. So here's the one thing that I think is going to be an interesting test is going to be the matchup of Greg Olson versus the uh, Packers defense because the Packers are great at stopping tight ends. And Greg Olson, as we know, is is basically the main force for them on offense. He's got three touchdowns in the last two weeks. He's got been targeted 20 times with 12 catches for uh, 134 yards. So. He is, he is still going to be the focal point. you got Kelvin Benjamin, who's obviously going to get his targets as well. But this, this matchup of Greg Olson versus the, the, the uh, linebackers is going to be really tough. What do you got, buddy? Yeah, the, uh, the tight end matchup is going to be tough. Uh, neither team, Panthers-Packers, have allowed for a tight end touchdown thus far. Um, Benjamin, you know, he keeps consistently getting targets. Uh, 8, 8, 11, 9, 11, 8. It just hasn't been able to necessarily put it all together. Um, but going forth on the Panthers, I think Cam Newton is a pretty good buy-low candidate. He always seems to get going late. Uh, if you remember last year, he started off real sluggish, but I uh, went back and looked the last five games. Uh, he was the number four fantasy quarterback he ended up finishing uh five last year and december man that is his month he's got the most touchdowns 23 he's got the least amount of interceptions eight best quarterback ranking uh on a month-to-month basis 93.8 uh most rushing yards per game so december he's just kicking up um and december happens to be basically when fantasy playoffs start december 7th that's uh week 14 so i think Cam Newton, I've got a trade out there for him right now. I think also, he's a buy-low candidate. Also no. has an easy schedule in the playoffs. It, it, he's a definite buy-low candidate. you got to buy on the guys now because, again, the, the, the horrible stats that he had was when he had the bruised ribs and he wasn't able to run. When he runs, is a different quarterback, and especially if your league is one that, that separates out rushing yards and passing yards, now is the time to get him before he has another 100-yard game and it's over. You're not going to get him. Mm. Two things to say. One, one's about Cam Newton. Um... 
hate to say it, you missed your buy low. It was buy low last week. It was buy low the week before. Yeah, once he throws 100 yards yeah, on now, now, now that he threw up 280, he was the number one quarterback this last week. He's right. not buy low anymore. If you had Cam Newton on your team, he's you're no longer selling him low anymore. Right. You're, you're going to be able to you're get something no longer back even for him. Selling him maybe yeah. you look at the other quarterback, the player that's got him has, and if he's got a good talent... Maybe you go after that because now idea. all of a sudden it's going to shift I over. Know, I, I hate, I hate to go back, but I, I, we need to go back because there's a guy that I think is important to talk about when we're talking about trades and, and sell low, buy low, whatever the case is. If you're in a good position, the guy also to buy low right now is Jimmy Graham. And if you're a Jimmy Graham owner like I am, where if he is going to miss two more weeks and if you are struggling, he's probably the guy that you're going to have to trade right now. And you got to get value for him. Don't sell him cheap. But if you if you don't have his points for two more weeks, and that's two more losses, and that puts you out of the playoffs, you got to sell him now. You can't wait on it. Yeah. And you got to get someone that that can score more points for your team to give yourself a chance. Now, if uh, on the on the flip side, if you have a really good team, that's what I'm saying. You better target the hell out of yeah, him right now. Yeah, target the hell out of him. Go grab him off of that team that's struggling with him. Um, as long as you got the tight ends right there, that was going to be my second point. Um, Green Bay has not faced any tight ends except for one. And that one tight end that they faced that was really good was Martellus Bennett. They gave up nine catches for 134 yards against him. Hmm. The other guys that they faced are Seattle with Zach Miller and Luke Wilson. Uh, the Jets, Cumberland and Amaro in his rookie year. Uh, the Detroit, who has Ebron in his rookie year, nobody else going on there. Uh, Minnesota without Kyle Rudolph. It was uh, Chase Ford and uh, Marquise Gray. And last week it was a slightly banged up Charles uh, Clay and who else? Deion Sims. They haven't faced anybody when it comes to tight ends except for one. The one real tight end they faced. Them up. They Let gave them up. up the world to. Yep. So don't be afraid. Of playing a Greg Olson this week just because the Packers well, look in like that game. Well. In that game, I would I think it's safe to say offensively the best player on the field, maybe Jordy Nelson, but was Martellus Bennett. Yeah, he looked. He but hasn't Greg Olson over. almost gotten to the point now where he's pretty much he got a starter? He's an automatic. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It's got to the I want to twist his ankle. My boy, Blue. No, you didn't. We all, he's just not being put to rest. Now, now he's <laughs> he's just he's lively and, and it, his targets are. He's on pace to. Uh, now, this has been one of the more heavily targeted tight ends over the last two years. He's on pace for close to 140 targets this year. Awesome. He had 115 last year. That's awesome. Was, so. Let's just, do just watch your wife. Right. Yeah, hey, yeah. He seems to right. have some fun in that, in that direction. Rifle through, please. Um, some Packer action. Lacey dudding it out again. You know, he's just he's just not what not looking great. Well, the, this go is nuts, go, be... you got go nuts, but how about this? Jer, roll through this. Sorry, Dogmatica, roll through this. Let's move on to the next one because what I think we're kind of on a good pace if we can roll through this because I want to answer some of our. Uh, yeah. answer about three second opinions. Right, I'm going to roll through this real quick then. Um, Carolina gives it up to the running backs. It wouldn't shock me if Lacey had a pretty darn good game. Uh, they give up five yards, over five yards to carry. We told you what Gio uh, was going to do to them, and look what he did last week. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yes, Lacey has not had a good year thus far. Um, he's had one really good game, and the others have been either terrible or less than mediocre or whatever. But this is a nice one to get him in there. Don't be afraid to play him. Uh, Jordy Nelson, automatic start. Uh, Randall Cobb should have a pretty nice game in this one as well. Devontae Adams is really taking on a third... 
my guy. As I, not, not my guy. It's just a common, a common yeah, yeah. thing that happens every single year. The fourth Packers receiver coming in the season makes a difference for your team. Devontae Adams is that guy this year. It's amazing, He's making too. A difference. I'm going to say, Devontae Adams is still available in a ton of leagues. That makes me ton. sick. Go for him, though. I drafted him. Well, and just to say, with Devontae Adams, he had more targets last week than uh, Randall Cobb did. Sure did. Sure did, and you know why? It's because he's getting open. And and as was said last week before last week's game, Rodgers came out and said, dude, I just watched the tape. This guy gets open easily. Every single play, it seems like he's open. I'm going to have to start working it to him. He said it openly, and sure enough, he did it. He got the ball to him constantly. He What did he make, like six or seven grabs for 70-some-odd? He didn't get the touchdown. Cobb gets every time they're within the five-yard line, by the way. It's not going to be Nelson. It's a cop. Cobb, for some reason, gets open within five yards uh, of the end zone. It's going to be it's a because they use him a lot of these motions and stuff, and they come and they hit, and, he, and he comes out of the slot and he gets good matchups and he's able to, to to get open that way. Yeah, yeah. There are seven wide receivers who have been given double digit targets in the red zone. Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb are two of the seven. Yeah. Who are the other five? You got it? I uh, I can pull it up a second. No, if you don't got it, it's no big deal. Let's uh let's 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 push on from this. You got you saw Corliss got a touchdown. Uh, you know check out our rankings uh, and see whatever else is happening in this game. Uh, but yeah, exciting. I think that's great advice on going after a Cam Newton or maybe going after another quarterback that a Cam Newton owner has that uh, isn't going to be starting if they're all in on Newt. All right, let's uh one thing I like to do is let's pull it over to Second Opinions. If you're a Frequent visitor to pyromaniac.com, then you know in the upper right-hand corner we have a little uh, a little question box that we call second opinions. You can drop us a line and put in fantasy football questions, and we get a ton of them, and we appreciate you guys throwing those out there. And uh, we do our best to get back to you as quick as we can, but we get a lot of them. So we're doing our best, but we always get back. And uh, one thing I do feedback I do get is that uh, is that people say, "Wow." I put out questions on a lot of different fantasy football websites. You guys are the fastest. We feel like we're getting back slow, and and are like, ah, oh, man, we gotta get that. I'll I'll text Houdini and be like, can you grab those three questions? And we'll look and be like, ah, oh, those are over a day old. But we're still getting back faster than anyone else. Uh, Mo, were you were you wanting to say something? Well, just real quick, you said I said there was seven uh, wide receivers who have double digit uh, targets inside the twenty. Um, so I said Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, but then you've got Antonio Brown, who you would probably think, Demarius Thomas, uh, Brandon Marshall, Steve Smith. The number two guy, and I'm only bringing it up because of an injury, the number two guy is Reuben Randall. And with uh, Victor Cruz going down, you awesome. could see some uh, – it could be a nice play going forward. Yeah, well, I've got a, we've got a couple questions saying Reuben Randall or Odom Beckham Jr. And for me, it's not even a question. It's Reuben Randall. Right. You guys have been high on him for the last two years. Now it's all – it's a his show. He's a great route runner. He's a more savvy player two years or three years into it. Uh, this is going to be a guy that's just going to – have a major trajectory in the positive direction fantasy-wise, right? I, I, I would agree. One of the things that I do have to say is one of the big things that he has going for him that Beckham does not is health. Yes. Beckham has had a big problem with his health throughout Absolutely. Throughout his and we'll cover that one in yeah. a minute. Coming so up. good call. Good call. All right. Let's ask uh, second opinions. No, I'm sorry. Sorry. We're going, we're going streaking through the quad and into the gymnasium. Come on, everybody. 
second opinions. We're second going. opinions. We're doing it. <laughs> All right. The first one we're, we're going to answer here is from a regular asker and a big fan of Pyro. And we're a big fan of you. It's going to be Rishi, Richie Buscemi. And hit, your question is, I've been offered Demarius Thomas and Ben Tate for Marshawn Lynch and Alshon Jeffrey. This is a uh, one-point PPR with big play bonuses, 40-yard reception uh, and TD and 25 and TD. Uh, the rest of my running back wide receivers are Le'Veon Bell, Matt Forte, Antone Smith, uh, uh, Jeremy Macklin, uh, Mike Wallace, Brandon Cooks, Hunter. Should I make the trade? Thanks. Let me know. So, what do you guys think? If Richie's being offered... Demarius Thomas and Ben Tate for Marshawn Lynch and Alshon Jeffrey. Wow, um, it's one of those trades. All that these it's, questions it's, are very well, it's, This is one of those ones that it's. It's. I think it comes down to where's your love affair as a, as a fan because I agree. I don't see that there's a lot of difference here. I agree. And if you're going to be giving up, Who do you want to root Lynch for? and and Jeffrey, and you're getting back a, a guy, the guy that concerns me most. I love getting Demarius. Is Ben Tate. Ben Tate's great, as we said, when he's healthy. I just, how much can you count on his but health? But haven't you guys been saying the and whole who is time? The, who is the starting running backs? Who is, who is his starting have? running backs are Bell, Bell Forte, and, Forte. and Smith. So he doesn't. He's never really going to play it anyway. So if he's you know if he's not starting Lynch, and is this guy? Then the other question is: Is this guy one of the better teams? Are you actually making that guy's team appreciably better than you're making your team? It's a good question. I, it's a good point. I would rather have, out of the whole list, I'd rather have Demarius Thomas. Correct. And he's got good running backs. So I think I would so, do the trade so then because you're I not... I wouldn't do the trade. Or you wouldn't do the trade. He's, he's I, getting Demarius. Oh, he's, he's getting, getting Demarius. So yeah, I would do it. I would so do that's it. what I'm saying yeah, too. Yeah, because yeah, because of, the, of the depth getting, of his running backs. I would backs, do it. Yeah. Then, then I feel that it's okay. If you're not... If you're if you're dr- doing this trade... Now here, let's make it for a, a wider stance. Let's say that it's made like a 12-team or a 14-team league. And you're trading him and you don't have that depth. And he's going to... Tate would have to be your starter, okay? Now imagine that these are guys are all starters. Lynch is a starter, Tate's a starter, Thomas and Jeffrey. I don't know that I make that trade then. But it's nice because he's got Le'Veon Bell, he's right. got Matt Forte. No, with all that backup, you so, Yeah, so for me, I would just do the trade. All right, let's move on to the next one. Houdini, who's our next question from Nick Ma? That's a real quick one. Well, from Nick Ma. Nick Ma is our question. Not, not Nick Ma. Not a Nick Ma, but a Nick Ma. Uh, wants to know, in a PPR league, Vincent Jackson for Ben Tate, would you make that trade? Dog. I, I mean, again, it's another one where it's, it's tough to, to decipher without knowing exactly everything else that, that's on the team. Um, short term, I like Ben Tate better. You know, I mean, that the guy's going to put up points while he's in there, like I was saying. I mean, when he's... When he's healthy with that offensive line, he's a top five, seven type running back in the league. Vincent Jackson is more of a you know a wide receiver too at this point, even though he's you know doing a lot better with with a Mike Lennon in there. Um, however, for the long term, like I said, like I've always said, I do believe Ben Tate will get hurt again. Vincent might help you later on in the season. What do you think, uh, Mo? Who do you like out of that? Would you want to? Run with your last part of your season with Vincent Jackson or Ben Tate? Last part of the season, Vincent Jackson. Uh, I kind of uh, second what Doc says. Uh, Tate is hot right now while he's on the field. I love him, but uh, I don't trust him. On that team, I would rather have uh, Crowell, and for the trade, I, I like Jackson. 
What about you? Well, we're all here saying Tate is not going to last the season, so I cannot, with any authority, <laughs> say that I would go with Ben Tate. For me, I don't even want in a long term thing. If I if I mean to, if I'm in a situation where you're looking at three weeks and you're trying to, to do something in a window and Vincent Jackson doesn't start on your team, okay, maybe. But otherwise, no. One thing I love is the way that Mo the beer colors that you've been drinking throughout this podcast because we have video on this hangout. There has not been one of the same shade on any of the beers you've been drinking. I like it. You got one of those like six or 12 packs where you've got a different beer throughout. We've had dark, dark, muddy beers. We've had really uh, not too pilsnery, but a lot of IPAs. Amen. You're moving around. I don't want to start Vincent Jackson, so I'd rather take whatever games are there with a Tate, however many they are, we've talked about it. We've talked about a lot of guys that you think are always going to get injured, and they do. But at the same time, sometimes they don't, and he's he's really good, like you said. So I'm going Tate in that one for sure. Um, but I do agree. Expect five of the net, of the last uh, games with him actually playing. I did say, <laughs> hate to toot the horn again, but I did say that Calvin Johnson was going to get hurt this year too. You said Romo was going to get hurt. Yeah, Romo hasn't gone out. You said, uh, you said, did you see that? You said Marshawn Lynch was going to get hurt. That who? Marshawn Lynch was going to get hurt. Well, he was the big bust. That was was more Houdini's bust. He was either going to get hurt or he was going to be ineffective. That has not happened yet. So. He hasn't been as effective as he has in the past. Well, no, and he hasn't been as effective as he was in the first couple games where he was getting the two touchdowns in each game for Lynch. True. True. It's, it's slowing down, but we're up. Let's, let's go let's to the last. Let's, let's go to the last, last question. One more question, and then we got to blaze through some of these last games that aren't all that, anyways. All right, this one comes from Ray Bordeaux. Here's another trade question: Twelve team league, one point for PPR. He's been offered Antonio Brown. He gives up Mike Wallace and Andre Ellington. So once he gives up Ellington, he'll be left with uh, Giovanni, Pierre Thomas, and Jarek McKinnon uh, as his running backs. Should he make that trade? What was the trade again? One more time. Antonio Brown, he gets giving up Mike Wallace and Andre Ellington. No way. I, you know, you say no way, but at the same time, I look at it and I go, he's got Julio Jones. Uh, he'll be starting Russell Wilson, Geo, Pierre This would Thomas. be a perfect thing to look at. Your, sorry to interrupt you, Dini, but your, what, you're gonna, what you're working on, and it's not something that we're going to put up as a piece, but you'll see our new player rankings not to, I guess I'll do a quick pyro promo here. Our new player rankings page is going to have strength of schedule, weekly, updated. Dogmatic has been working on it the last 10 days for real season, real world, right now, what's been going on through six, seven weeks, and what's going to happen for the rest. That's friggin' awesome. Stag parties, pyro power rankings are in there, as well as uh, and what you're going to hit during a, if you are on that offense or what the defense you're going against each week. And then on top of that, we got some icons that are that are driven to give you more information based on that week. Going to be sick with the write-up. What do you got? Um, I, I'll tell you right now, that looking at his team already, he's got Julio Jones and Michael Floyd as, his, as starting uh, wide receivers. My question is, why would you give up Mike Wallace and Ellington for Antonio Brown. When Antonio Brown, yeah, he'll, he'll definitely slide in there, and I'm a big fan of Antonio Brown. But Wallace is serviceable enough. You're trading off getting rid of Ellington as your second running back when you have just um, 
I don't know who who is who are his running backs. Also says Pierre Thomas and Jarek McKinnon. That's the thing. It's no, but it's, it's a no way. It's a no way. Unless you don't it, have to it's, play it's, a running back. It's one of these ones that you look at, and here's the thing: Ellington has, has only scored his touchdowns in one game. So if you're looking at it, you're saying, "Well, I'm not getting a ton of points from him," but he still has that potential. And you know, unless you're again a, a, someone that's just in love with Antonio Brown, and you're looking for someone to help give you that push, I, no, because Mike Wallace is scoring touchdowns every week. Well, if you're doing that, it sounds like from this team, trade two wide receivers and then get Brown. Right. So keep keep the Ellington, but if, if you're going to get rid do do a Wallace well, and, well, and, and, and someone else if you love the guy. But Don't, he didn't give us that much information. He doesn't show that many guys on his bench. He's only showing the bench of Pierre Thomas, Kelsey, Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, it seems like so, there's, there's probably more. Uh, the, the thing, I think the key here is what he's trying to state is that it, it is one point PPR. And I think in the past, I would normally say, you know, Wallace isn't a big, a big PPR guy. And to be honest, he only has 25 catches in five games this year. But that is five, five points a game. Granted, Antonio Brown has 41 catches in six games, and that's, you know, almost seven. But that's a difference of two points. When you're talking the difference between Andre Ellington in a PPR and your next best guy in the PPR, which is either Pierre Thomas, which is completely unpredictable, and uh, Jarek McKinnon, who's still a rookie that we're not entirely sure about what's going on with him yet. Um, that's a little too much to give up for just the Antonio Brown uh, when you're giving up our already a Wallace in it. And when and the, whole, the, the whole program looks pretty good this week, when you got Larry Fitzgerald getting a touchdown, you got Michael Floyd getting a touchdown, you finally got... Uh, re, uh, Palmer back in the mix, that only helps. Yeah, the Palmer's only the offensive big, run, the big cock yeah, absolutely. That only helps an Ellington and the the options and the holes and the and the big, big gains that he's going to be able to get. You got anything to say on this one, Mo? No, I think it just depends on you know the the size of his bench. Uh, how many dudes is he starting a week? Is he starting three wide receivers and a flex? Uh, so it depends on the, the rest of his team. I will say Wallace has a really nice um, schedule the second half of the season. Uh, but again, are you looking for that one sort of knockout punch with Antonio Brown, or do you need to get some uh, some more balance to your lineup with two positions, Ellington uh, and Wallace? So he's giving them up. The question, the answer, I think all of us say is no. All right, let's move on to the first of the late games, and that's going to be the Chiefs at the Chargers. Let's you know the next couple few games actually aren't that exciting, so let's get caught up and um, what are our thoughts on this game? That's right. We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? We've got to keep our composure. We've come too far. There's too much to lose. Just keep our composure. <laughs> All right, we're almost done with this podcast. Let's keep our composure. Not All right, over. Let's talk, get, hit it, dogs. We're gonna give everyone a. a, a a minute on this game, dog. What are you? What are you seeing? Jamal Charles is going to come in and have himself a nice game. Um, he had two touchdowns against them in the first game that he faced the Chargers last year. He didn't face him in the final week because he sat out just for shits and giggles. Well, but now Davis came in and he got two touchdowns against the Chargers. What's your lips? It's so good. You know. And, I think that uh, Charles has himself a nice game. It wouldn't shock me if Alex Smith had a nice game as well. 
Um, he's, he's done pretty well against the Chargers himself. He seems to be getting into a little bit of a rhythm. It seems like the, the, the Chiefs themselves are getting into a little bit of an offensive rhythm. And when that happens, Smith does pretty well. He's going to be able to run against them a tiny bit. On the flip side, uh, the Chargers also have themselves a decent rhythm, although Eddie Royal just got himself a little bit banged up. Um, and it seems like the inconsistency when it comes to guys like Floyd and, and Allen and stuff like that, you're not quite sure exactly what you're going to get. I do love, I still love a, 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 a Rivers in this game. How can you not? i got to jump in here. Philip sure. Rivers has just been amazing. The way that he has just been in control. In his last three weeks, he's, he's got uh, three touchdown passes in each game. He's only thrown one interception over that span. He's thrown for 978 yards. Uh, he, he's going up against Kansas City, who last year in his two games, he threw for 621 yards with six touchdowns and one interception. These two teams, over their last four games at Kansas City and, and uh, San Diego, have gotten together. They've averaged 57.5 points scored a game between them. Their last two games, last year they scored 130 points, so an average of 65 points a game last year. So yeah. you're expecting fireworks. It seems to me like there, there, there could be a bunch of, of uh, stuff going on. I think that Brandon Flowers being out might... I don't, it's not going to be that big of a difference because KC isn't the hugest passing team. But it's interesting because Flowers was on KC last year. Right. On San Diego this year, he's not going to be able to cover Dwayne Bowe. I could see Bowe having a decent game here. Well, back on like what Dog was saying, that uh, Royal might indeed be out. Uh, he had a rib injury. And if he is, I, I like Malcolm Floyd. as kind of a sneaky pickup. Um with the Chiefs, only three teams are allowing more yards per week to opposing number twos. And last week, they gave up uh, to Bolden four catches, 72 yards. Brandon LaFell, another number two, 119 yards and a touchdown. Hartline had a touchdown in week three. Emmanuel Sanders, 108 yards. It just keeps going. Even Justin Hunter uh, was actually the leading Titan receiver with 63 yards. So I kind of like uh, Malcolm Floyd as a sneaky pickup. They seem to be uh, pretty susceptible to the number two. Nice. I like those stats. Agreed. I like them. All right. Anything else we got to say about this game? Well, you know, again, this is, uh, again, I think it's going to be a little bit more uh, Travis Kelsey going to get back on track again in this one as well. Um, San Diego's defense has been uh, pretty good this season. Um when it comes to, uh, you know, overall, they're third in the league. They're third in the league in stopping tight ends as well. But this is one of those things where they just don't have the uh, amazing depth and, and dynamicism at their wide receiver position. So they're going to find a way to get Kelsey the ball in this game. So kind of like when it goes into the, the, the trends that we were talking about with, uh, uh, and I don't know if, if this is like the Greg Olson one, if, if the Chargers just really haven't faced any uh, top-tier tight ends yet, but... I think that in this game, with Jamal Charles there, I think that his ability to run in this game is going to help open up things for Kelsey as well. On the flip side, when it comes to the tight end, um, KC was very good against the tight ends last year. And strangely, this year, somewhat of an anomaly, they've given up the fewest catches to tight ends this year, but also they've given up the seventh most touchdowns. Four touchdowns on 17 catches. Wow. That's a a strange anomaly. I don't know if that's going to last. But it, it... you know, bodes pretty well. Part for of games. that also is because you don't have Derek Johnson. True, very true. Mo, hit us. Well, I got uh, a possible trade question here. I've got uh, two tight ends: Antonio Gates 
who I picked up early on to fill in for Jordan Reed. So now I'm sitting with both. Out of the two guys, which do you like going forward, Jordan Reed, Antonio Gates? Oh, that, that, that's, a, that's a very interesting call. Um, obviously, you, you worry about... I would stick with Gates. You, you worry about t- t- something with both of the guys. Gates slowed down gigantically last year in the second half of the season. <laughs> He's a, definitely I, a first-half player. Yeah, and I could definitely see that happening again. Reed, of course, you got to worry about the injury every single week. Right. Um, the, the guy that I would depend on being there for the whole year was it would probably be Gates. Kind of be the safer. higher ceiling though. It's got to be Reed. No question. Reed's definitely the higher ceiling. Gates is the safer call. If you have a a, a stud line team, um, you might want to go with the safe call. If you're looking for somebody to, to give call. you some good good wins here and there, also, I like Reed. If you have if if there's a good enough. Uh, Depth on the waiver wire as well. If there are decent names that are still out there, then it may be still better to go after Reed in order you can get sure. somebody else off the waivers. And one of the things that I noticed from your rankings early, and you moved him down a little bit, even though he did a great game, but early last year at the tight or last week, excuse me, not last year, last week at the tight end, about this time, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, you had a read when it wasn't even known if he was coming back for sure or not at number four. And that was causing some commotion on Twitter and people were like, you're so you're telling me that I'm playing a read right now, and it's just like, yeah, and dog, you moved him down a little bit because I moved him really, down to eight. But, he ended but, up but at he, nine and this did, week. Exactly, and you didn't know that you moved him down because it was like you weren't positive that this guy was going to be a full go. Uh, it's not so much that I, I, I read a little bit more into the defense and the defensive scheme and saw exactly what was going on there and saw what uh, the Redskins were actually going to try and pull in this game. Um, and it turned out coming out exactly the way I thought it would. I knew and he had a great game. game. Yeah, he, what nine catches, eight, almost eight, ninety eight yards. Ca- eight catches for ninety-two yards, yeah. and he ended up ninth in in fantasy points for tight ends. And I ended up with him at eight in t- at tight end. That thing it goes back to what, what 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 both these guys said. What do you need, Mo? Do you need a boom or bust guy? Do you need do you have the kind of team that's kind of rocking in a lot of places, and you just need some steady points? week in and week out, or do you need a, an upside player that can help bring you to the promised land? So, let's go on to the next game, which will be the Cardinals at the Raiders, and I think this is a fantasy, uh, this has got a lot of fantasy action happening in there. I think well, well we, we mentioned already, with the return of Carson Palmer, how that helped out, all of the, you know, Larry Fitzgerald scored a touchdown, Michael Floyd scored a touchdown, um... Things just seem to work better when you have the threat of, of a quarterback there. You also have Derek Carr, who had missed a game and comes back. And while we, had, and we were talking about this earlier as well with DeAndre Holmes and uh, who's who's at number twelve on that team? Uh, Roberts. Uh, no, oh, Breyer? no, John, John Brown. No, 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 no. No, on, on the Raiders, the other guy that scored the long touchdown. Is that week. Ford? No, it's not Kreiner. Uh, not Kreiner. The other one. Jones. Uh, James Jones. No, Jones. No. Jones is eighty something. It's 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 not Kreiner. It's not uh, Kobe Ford. It might be Ford. No, it's not Ford. Ford no. isn't even on there. Uh, it's not Kreiner. It's the other. It's the other dude that you like, Bryce Butler. Butler. Bryce Butler. Butler. Yes. Right. The Butler did it. Yes. Butler. The Butler did it. Uh, Changed so, his number to twelve. This is this is the typical Raiders team, and this is what what you're gonna you talk about boomer bust. That's what the Raiders are on offense and. It, it hinges a lot on the development because these are all young speedsters. It's always what what is L. Davis? What did he always want? He wanted the fastest guys on the world to be his wide receivers. Well, this team is littered with guys that are just super fast. So they're not 
able to make the easy, consistent third down catches and things like that when you need like just a big play to get you five yards or whatever. But if you want a guy that has the potential to break off a 50-yarder or a 60-yarder at any time, they got plenty of these guys. Yeah, I mean, with Rod Streeter gone yeah. at this point, who will be back, I think it's like week 13, 14, something like that. He was put on IR, designated to return. Um, he'll be back late in the year, but that's obviously not going to help for a while. But yeah, the, the consistency factor isn't going to be there. James Jones, I guess, would be the only consistent, uh, maybe, uh, you know, stick mover. You know, he might get you some first downs, something like that. Otherwise, they are boomer bust. Andre Holmes is one of those guys that I do like. Yeah. He's tall. Um, he's got some decent speed at, at, at six foot four. Um, he's got, I think it's four five two speed or four five three speed, which is pretty darn good for a six foot he's four. He's got guy. good game speed, though. Yes. Well, especially this week, going up against the Cardinals. I like both those Raiders receivers. Uh, Cardinals giving up second most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, 29.5 a game. Um, so far this year, Deshaun Jackson, 115 yards, touchdown. Demarius lit him up, 226 yards, same game. Emmanuel Sanders had 101. Uh, Stevie Johnson, 103. So it could be a big game for a, a Raider wide receiver this week. No. I'll, I'll trumpet that as well. And a big part of that is uh, the reason why Arizona's having so much trouble that loss of Darnell Dockett in the middle of the defense. They're not creating any pressure on the quarterback. They're allowing the quarterback to sit back there and get, have the time. That's allowing them to complete these, these longer passes and have these big games. It's not even just and that. Calais Campbell, uh, hard yeah, to the defensive line. He's out, too. Yeah, yeah. And he had, and that was like right after he had that one-handed interception on Peyton Manning, and then, uh, and then was it on that play, I think, that he got hurt? So, yeah. And, 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 and you look at the, uh, the receivers that you were just saying who lit him up. Um, quick, quick little receivers yeah. mostly. Demarius, obviously, he's a bigger guy, but he's fast as shit. And anyway, and he's hot. Yeah, and and, and he's hot at this and point too, obviously. But it's the quick little guys like that who are, who have lit him up. So who does that lead you to believe is going to light him up this week on Oakland? I don't, I, I don't see exactly who who that would be because it hasn't been the long ball so much. Demarius wasn't making his his marks on those long balls. He was catching running. Yeah. Um, I feel Sanders like what you said earlier is James, James Jones, maybe almost. James Jones might be a, a, a stick mover who will get a, a decent amount of play in this week. It wouldn't it wouldn't shock me at all. The yeah. last thing I'll say is with the Derek Carr best game of his NFL career this this week or last week, no question. You had uh, Sperano just go to him and say uh, during their off season, off week, "Hey, this is your team. Step it up." You're our guy. We're not going back to shop. There's no fucking pussyfooting. We're doing this. We count on you. You're our leader, blah. And that vote of confidence shined through last week where you're reading about this. And I think Carr is the kind of guy who's looking real good. Looking real good moving forward because he's got kind of, he feels like he's got the support of his coach. There's a whole new deal. You know that Allen, they got rid of, yeah, Allen was gone. Allen's gone. Who's to say that he was a good, good or bad coach and should be gone? But they're not gonna move anything. They're not gonna. They're going with what they got for the rest of the season, and he's their starting Here, quarterback. Here's the thing about Carr. All right, he's a he's a winner, and he's he's. I'm gonna use a word that I was using a couple years ago way too much, and I don't think I've used it since. But this is a kid who's got mocked. <laughs> You, you knew I was that like, was coming. I, was, I didn't know whether you were going to say Wiener or Moxie. Why did, or, uh, you, you don't go to chutzpah, huh? Uh, chutzpah, sure. He's, he does. He's got a lot of chutzpah. That, and, uh, he's, he does. He's got, he's got Moxie. You, another one of your favorites in there is that old George W. Bush. Swagger. 
Yeah, he's got a little swag. <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt Moxie is that was definitely my word a couple uh, couple years ago. That's something that this kid has, and they're going to stick with it. And I don't blame him because he is. He's a winner. He's a, he's a type of winner who can control a team, who can control outcomes. Well, they, they didn't lose because of him last well, week, no, I'll and, tell you that. But they're yeah. also not going to win anything. So they're doing everything they can to find out and develop this Set guy the as program. much as they can right now and get it going in the right direction. See what we got. Exactly. See what we got. The, you don't know what you got unless next, you do it. Next two weeks, they've got Arizona, I mean Arizona this week and Cleveland, both of whom are in the top eleven for giving up fantasy points to opposing QBs. So, nice, uh, nice two week matchup. Right on. Sad story. Obviously, we all watched it. Oh, Vic, Victor, Victor Cruz. Uh, not no one touching him. Going for a touchdown. You're like, how do you not drop? I'm yelling at him. I don't even have my teams. Like I was like pissed. Poor guy, we love you, man. You're an awesome. You've been just such a big part of fantasy football for the last four years. Like a really big part, uh, just a huge discussion point for us on the show. A guy we love, a guy that we wanted to get con- the contract, got it. And sadly enough, Victor Cruz is out for the season. He what? Torres right Torres tal- tendon. Yeah, tal- yeah, his kneecap tendon. It's, yeah, it's uh, uh, I mean it's he was he was it's it's nice, excruciating just pain yeah, yeah, crying and like watching him go off and when you see horrible. a player cry and I'm an emotional guy I'm a cry baby I don't know about you guys but if I if I'm ever injured and I know I'm injured I'm gonna be doing the cry baby deal and Absolutely. you know going off you just saw it it's like it's not good he doesn't even know but he knows well, yeah. you know when you go down and you're in that you know. pain and you weren't even hit. You you're an athlete, you know your body, and when the body gets hit, and even if nobody hits you, you know it's like, oh, fuck. Well, that's so, when you know a guy loves what he does. You know, when, yeah. when he knows that there's something wrong to the point where he's not going to be able to do what he loves, yeah. he cries. Yeah. And that that's where the emotion comes out. You love to see that. You hate to see it, but you, you, I love seeing that in him, that he... He showed his emotion. Passionate that's, that's, it is. The passion, it's a beautiful thing. And that's why he's one of the favorite uh, fan favorite of the league. So, in his absence, now there's a new offensive. Obviously, they looked like garbage against the Eagles on Sunday night. I mean, whoa. That was a team that was very looking really good offensively and having great momentum. And to goose egg against the Eagles, that was tough to watch. But moving forward, what happens? We talked a little bit earlier about uh, the, the Odom Beckham Jr. and the Randall. Are both these guys going to be sweet now? Well, what, what, what do you I don't think know about being? sweet, but I'm going to say that Randall is definitely viable. He was always getting the targets. We talked about it, and I mentioned when, when Beckham had come in, and we said, oh, who's going to be the guy that's going to get hurt? It's going to be Randall. No, it was Cruz anyway. Uh, that they were, He was eating into his touches. The biggest question is that you're trusting a not very experienced guy in Randall, an unproven guy in in Beckham. You're trusting two LSU receivers, though. By the way, that is. Uh, I was thinking about that today when that happened. I was like, I was like, did these guys ever play? They must. I think have. they must have ahead of me at least probably when Beckham was a uh, freshman. That uh, they were. It was probably. Who knows? These guys all come out yeah. so young. Well, like, Randall came out after his junior year. Yeah. 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 So they might have missed each other by. Might, a year. No, it might have been. Might have been that, that one year. That year. Freshman. Who knows? The red shirted. Who knows? But so and then you also got Rashad Jennings was out. That was the, probably the thing that that you noticed the most. Okay, that's what hurt this offense from being able to function like it was functioning when uh, over the previous couple weeks when they were looking really good. Because that screen game and everything is not there. Jennings is at least more elusive of a running back. 
Andre Williams, I will give you this. Two plays, he ran over Malcolm Jenkins. And I don't like Malcolm Jenkins. <laughs> the other thing is this guy is always sticking his nose in there. The first one floored his ass. Shove him. And it was, that was a... That Watch was out a for that first shiver. It's a doozy. It was, that was a... It was a goddamn <laughs> motherfucker. I have to go off on this. I don't, I don't know why you got to do it in front of the kid with the husband. All you got to do is say earmuffs to him. Earmuffs. And you can say, fuck, shit, bitch, whatever you want. Cock, balls. Okay, I'm just proving the point. You don't have to celebrate, Frank. Cock, balls, but I'm telling you. This the The guy, the guy, Andre Williams does not have any of those shifty moves. That's the problem is that, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, yeah, if you're in a touchdown-only type league, you've got that type of potential. But he's not a guy that, if we talk about uh, stick movers and things like that, he's not helping the offense to be able to take pressure off of those uh, wide receivers. You know, I wish I had a Valverde that I needed to open, but with all the guys, Mo, uh, you know, obviously Dog, Stag Party, Dini. Valverde, there's a lot of texting on talking about fantasy football. And uh, during that game Sunday night, Valverde said, well, Andre Williams looks like my ass. Now, I had never seen Valverde's ass. I don't ever want to see his ass. But if I hear this, I don't think he's playing too well. We're no. good, speaking! <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell, I'll tell you exactly what the problem was with this game. And it wasn't the running back. It, it, it was partially the running back, but not because it was the running back. You're right when you hit on the screen game. There was no threat whatsoever when Andre Williams was, over, was in the game of there being a pass out of the, back, out of the backfield to that running back. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing was that the offensive line was completely overmatched by what the Eagles were running at them. Uh, Eli didn't have time. Uh, the, the running back didn't have time to make him any moves whatsoever. He's a straight-ahead runner anyway, but he couldn't even, he could barely get out of the backfield as is. And when you don't have the threat of him taking a, a screen pass on the backfield, all you have to do is run him up the middle and do run blitzes all day long. And that's what they did. The, the, the Giants, it was just a terrible matchup for the Giants in the situation they were in. This week is a whole different story, though. Going up against Dallas this week, it's not going to be the same thing. Dallas's defensive line isn't the same as a, of an attacking defense as the Eagles are. The Eagles' defensive line is a very attacking and, and maybe not the greatest, greatest defensive line in the league, but it's very different than what Dallas does. I have a feeling that the, the Giants are going to pull off a little bit, not just a little bit, a much better of a game than they did against the Eagles last week. So don't go sitting everybody on the Giants simply because they have one bad game. They were rolling. It just happened to be a very bad matchup at the wrong time for them. Mo, what do you yeah. got for me? Uh, well, especially uh, Larry Donnell. He's had a, two rough weeks um, yeah. after really coming out of the gate swinging. But um, I would not sit him this week. Um, Dallas giving up the second most, I believe, points to opposing uh, tight ends. And with... Um, Victor Cruz down. I think there's going to be a bigger slice of the pie for him going forward. Absolutely. I, I would agree. Now, I think one of the bigger problems here um, that the Giants are facing is with Randall, uh, with Randall being that number one no matter what type yeah, of guy. Yeah. Um, Victor Cruz at least was a threat that people were paying attention to. Randall being a guy that um, 
I wouldn't say he was having the best time in the world. I mean, he's been targeted like crazy, but it's not like he you're was coming out with number one numbers. The, the Cowboys are going to... This is a, It's a much better situation for the Cowboys in this game. I do think that the, the Giants are going to be better. But you're right. If, if you don't have Rashad Jennings, you're going to stack the line. You're going to say, go ahead, beat us Ruben Randall. Go ahead, beat us Odell Beckham. We're going to pressure Eli Manning. And, we're, and we know that we don't... You know that even if you stack the line against Andre Williams, he doesn't have the speed to be able to, to get down the field and break the big runs against you anyway. Exactly. We need to talk about the Randall on the Cowboys. Joseph Randall. <laughs> Joseph Randall. Got Stinkies underwear in yeah. Dallas. Stinkies, Stinkies underwear in Dallas, exactly. Yeah. He got caught Dude stealing was... Hanes, uh, Fruit of the Loom or Haynes underwear, and I want to call it Dracar Noir, but it's something a little more uh, hot shoddy and more recent. Arrested. How, do, how are you an NFL player going into Macy's stealing Underwear and <laughs> the perfect line. Stinkiest underwear in the league. I mean, that is friggin' a great line. We don't need to talk about it anymore, but that's <laughs> not. I mean, what the <laughs> hell are these guys doing? Well, he ain't streaking. No. He's out of it. I mean, you <laughs> gotta cut he's, it. He's covered. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> he, had to, he had to get his, his, his underwear. I'm here for the gangbang. <laughs> <laughs> He was there for the gangbang, and everyone took his underwear, and his cock is stinky right now. Uh, Good grief! What I mean, that's weird. You got to be out. You got to be cut from the team when something like that happens. I think you're out of the NFL, but if you're not, um, you know, there's been worse. Who was the guy with the uh, pissinator? Oh, it wasn't there. That was was, uh, Ontario Smith. Ontario Smith. I still want to have Ontario Smith on my fantasy team. More than a Randall. Well, the best uh, is I still have a guy in one of my leagues whose whose team name is the Wrigleyville Wizenators after Ontario. Yeah, 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 of course. All right, let's talk about quickly. Cowboys obviously shocked the world. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Seattle, blah blah. Demarco can run on anybody. Demarco is on pace to beat the record. Stag Go for Party it. Party does a dance. Yeah, Stag Party loves his Demarco. Yeah, absolutely. What are you going? Totally goes well, down. Well, so here's the thing. Um, Randall is a big question mark now. I mean, if I'm talking you know, fantasy value, DeMarco Murray is on pace right now to have 424 carries this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's insane. <laughs> I love that action. Let alone, like, inhuman. I don't know how you can do that. So if, I mean, what's the outcome of the, you know, underwear scandal? Is uh, Who cares about the underwear scandal? The fact is... You've got it. Well, DeMarco it, Murray is, is is one of two players along with James, Jim Brown. Not James Brown. Who? 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 But with Jim Brown to have 100-yard games in his first six games in the season, yep. the, the, he's on record pace right now if things go this way. And I know, dog, you want to say he's going to be injured, and obviously that's very possible. But – Right now, if that doesn't happen, and this offensive line that we know is great, and we know that this offense is pretty solid, if he keeps this up, he's going to break the record, the all-time record. And I, right now, I would put it at 40-60 that he actually breaks the record. And I got a little, I got a little crimp and dogs. He got a smile yeah, on his face. But I'm telling you, he's not. He hasn't been hurt lately. Uh, you know what? He's past the, it. He's the, like another fewest, guy. The fewest amount of touches he's had in a game thus far is 25. 25 touches is the 
Why, it, why talk about it as if it's a negative thing for fantasy owners? It's Until not a negative thing for fantasy owners. But, you, but, you, but you're bringing it up. And whenever you're talking about DeMarco Murray this year, the same way you're doing with uh, with uh, Marshawn Lynch, you've got this negative connotation because you and your mind and Tony Romo, you've got this feeling that they're going to get injured. And that's fine. I respect Romo that. Romo is my injured But you can't. Lynch is Houdini's. But you, which I agree with. Not, you agree. But you I, agree. I don't. You I don't. I, I'm not the one you who beats that. people said Jamarco Murray, I'll say it on. Uh, Romo, I'll say it on. Tate, I'll say it on. So instead, let's figure out if that happens while you're rolling with this awesomeness. Hey, listen, I have Jamarco Murray ranked right. number one this week. There you go. So I have no why are you always so negative about him on this podcast? I'm not. Damn you I'm are, dude. Listen. Listen to the podcast. For some reason, you have DeMarco at one, but in your mind, you have him at 20. Every every podcast. No. Here's week the, to week. I'll jump I in here. I'll jump in here. All these carries is what this is going to tell year. you. He's on the pace. He is, he is the poster child Until right Until he now. gets hurt, he's it. Right. He's the poster child right now for career year beware next year. There you go. But I like that. Year, you, I like you, that. You ride it out because if he does come, if he, let's say because he's on pace for, as, as most of 424 carries. Let's say he finishes with 350 or 370. That's still an exorbitant amount of carries that will have its toll next year. But if he's... The other fact is Until it they happens, have the best offensive run line uh, run, run offensive line in the Which game. Which both of you guys yeah. have... You, yeah. your, 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 strength oh, of schedule, your strength of schedule that you've driven for him and for that team and all that stuff is you love the Dallas... Both of you guys have loved the Dallas Cowboy offensive line for, for sure. two years now. They're awesome. So, I just want to... I'm not trying to give you hey, shit, but sometimes Listen. there is like a... I think it might be a stag party thing. I agree with you. Until this year, I fucking didn't like the guy at all. Like, oh, stag lawsuit. But at this point, we got to say, all right, call it... Call a spade a spade. And this fucking thing is rolling. And it is. It is. It is. I, it I is, will it is, not say it is rolling. He is rolling, and he is the best running back in the league right now. Hands down. Uh, he has over 700 yards rushing. Nobody else has over like 575 or something Ridiculous. like that. Ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's... He's the main reason why this one guy in my league has got so many fantasy points over everyone else because the separation that he's doing at that uh, running back position is insane. The most, yeah. It's insane. So, and uh, he was a second rounder when there was five or six first rounders taken that have just mostly shit the bed most weeks. Yeah, no, I mean, the, listen, the, the guy has been the pick of the year for anybody who grabbed him. That's fine, and I'll find it, except for maybe Andrew Luck. But I, I'll tell you right now, I'm still on the boat that you use him this much, especially if you use him this much. He's not going to last. Right. Nobody now, can. Here's the other really, thing, too. To let, be let's, honest, let's, let's, just, let's talk to other positions. Yeah, so, okay, so Tony Romo, okay, they've been running the ball, but he's been effective. Over the last four weeks, he's got at least two touchdowns in each game. He's only got one game on the season, though, where he's thrown for over 300 yards. And in his last four games with all those, he's thrown for 217, 262, 324, and 250. So you, you look at that, then you look at, at the wide receivers, and you're looking at Des Bryant, and you're looking at Terrence Williams. Terrence Williams is not getting as many targets, but he's getting all the deep plays. And, and he's still becoming, Doing a lot with a little. A lot with a little. That's what he did last year as well. So he's able to, you know, to Great continue Great toe drag, by the way. That oh, was that was unbelievable. That, that, that catch, which looked like it was intended for Witten. And yeah. he just comes out of nowhere and, and makes this uh, on a third six, down six, and third down wasn't it like third? Down, I would like, say there's uh, been more Jerry Rice esque on the sideline out of bounds toe drags this season than I can remember in any other season. There have been so many just unbelievable like one down tip 
draggy on the sidelines than I've seen in a while. And that's the prettiest play in football. It's, 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 uh, it is that's the too. art of football. That is the, the uh, you know, when you talk about just how beautiful the sport is and just the picturesque type things, those are, those are that's it. it. That's it. Ah. And Des Bryant, he's, getting, he's got 24 targets in the last two weeks. <laughs> he, his touchdown streak of, of uh, was it, uh, four games in a row was broken last week. But the guy... Is getting all the love in the passing game right now. So that's Absolutely. my two cents on the. On, he's on your, he's friggin' amazing. I, I, don't I love that guy. And Witten is Witten. He'll get you his his couple, but don't count on him. He's not a touchdown guy. Didn't uh, didn't um uh, the other guy the uh, shit I'm spacing the name the the, the tight end get a touchdown. Yeah, Escobar got yeah. a touchdown. Escobar this did week. get a touchdown. I think I think they're gonna try and work him into the system more and more. Romo this week said Jason Witten is the. Is the best Dallas Cowboy player ever. Okay, we weren't. We're not going to say that. That's that's true. Wow, or not, but that's mostly, in my opinion, is, is a as quarterback. He was gargling, is, and you know yeah, what I mean. That's fine. But as a quarterback, that you played he was, with, he was saying he was basically saying, "All right, um, his career is nearing an end. Nearing an end, the young bucks going to be my new there's guy." There's no Michael Irvin. There's no Roger Staubach. There's no Tony Dorsett. There's I mean, no. Jason Witten. You know what I'm saying, though. He's basically saying, like, this guy's kind of, his career's hitting a run. We're going to start moving to the other tight end a lot more. All right, let's go uh, to, let's go on to the next game. 49ers. Sunday night football. 49ers are at Broncos. Hallelujah. This is probably one of the sicker games around. I'm not going to get too excited about it. I'll let you guys talk about it. But whatever comes out of this game, Do NFC, say, AFC. Well, I think AFC, NFC. If, if whoever wins this game, it puts a lot of pressure on the loser to think that they're a Super Bowl champion. If the 49ers come out and win this game, there's no question about it. There's a possibility that the 49ers are going to be in the Super Bowl, and that the Broncos are like, fuck, it's the same as last year, where whether it's Dallas, whether it's which I don't necessarily think. I'm not on the Dallas bandwagon, whether or whether it's Seattle or whether it's the Niners. We're still a second-class citizen in the AFC. Don't you agree? Well, I mean, lost, who would you I mean, pick? Who would you pick in the Super Bowl if, if if both teams are sweet? I, I'm, not, I'm not even I'm not even worried about the Super Bowl because I'm going to tell you the final score of this game. Give it 49 to 10 Broncos. Period. I like it. I'll tell you that right now. That the 49ers are not that good at all. I agree. You know, I mean, but are the Niners? But are are the Broncos? I I agree with you on the Niners, but are the Broncos that good? No, I don't think the Broncos. You're giving the 49ers hand. First of all, their best their best offensive player is going to be out. Willis is going to be out this week. That's not going to help at all. Their first best defense player is already out. Yeah, Bowman's already out. You know, I mean, they're not going to be happy in this game. Their third best defensive player is already out, too. Uh, I mean, listen, their defense is getting less and less, uh, you know, effective. Uh, St. Louis is obviously was able to do whatever they wanted to do against them in the first half or the first, you know, quarter and a half. Denver saw what was going on there. Obviously, the 49ers made a bit of an adjustment to adjust to a raw rookie, uh, not rookie, but 
young quarterback who had nothing <laughs> in the it, 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 whatsoever going for him. They couldn't even get Brian Quick involved. They he depend on Jared Cook. I, Manning has so many weapons; it's ridiculous. There's no way they're going to be able to stop that offense. Yeah, I like uh, I like Emmanuel Sanders is coming uh, for a bounce back game. Big time. And as you mentioned, Patrick Willis, Alden Smith, Navarro Bowman, all these dudes are out for the Forty oh, Niners. Oh yeah, Bowman. Yeah. And surprisingly, the Niners. Uh, they've been pretty susceptible to number threes. So that's it's kind of why I like Sanders. He had a down game last week. I think he's coming back. But only uh, two other teams have given up more receptions per game to number threes, and only one other team is giving up more receiving yards to opposing number threes. Welker! Uh, Are you talking about Welker? So you've got Welker, which could go off, but I really think it's going to be a Sanders game. Welker, you know. I mean, at this point, Welker's the three. I think it's no, at this point, Welker's the four. I consider yeah, Julius exactly. Thomas. Welker's terrible. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay, you're right. I consider Welker's Julius the four. Thomas the number two receiver. No, no, I agree. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking wide receiver. Welker, watching the game this week, starting in my starting lineup in two leagues. In one league, sorry. But I have him on my bench in another Pretty much almost, he does not look for him. He is not on the radar. It's almost as if Peyton Manning does not want to get his friend hurt. Almost. Oh, that, that's, I never even thought about it that way. But that There's one trying to get hurt. I'm not going to throw the guy so that he gets crunched. I, I also, you know, it's, it's for Manning, he loves to have the guys, think about it. Emmanuel Sanders is very similar to a guy that he threw the ball to a ton for a lot of touchdowns, Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison, exactly. Okay, the guy who's just got that electric type of speed. Welker just doesn't have that. He likes to throw it to game breakers. They like, you know, to guys that are going to take the ball and, and go. Welker's just not able to pull away from anybody. It's a, it's a, Welker would have been a great Dallas Clark for him, yeah. except Julius Thomas is way better. Yeah, and then some, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, so there's amazing. just no point. These are all amazing. Should I drop Walker? So I would trade him if he had anyone. No one wants him. I got I got Harvin. No one wants. I got mm. I got Walker. No one wants. I've tried to bet. I got Edelman. No one wants. I've literally do, tried to do trades where I'm offering three of them for one all right player. But, uh, you know, it, it depends yeah. who you're gonna who you're gonna pick up for it because again. His value could go up if something were to happen to a Demarius or whatever, or to Emmanuel, because again, it's it's the, it's the offense that you're in. Um, I do want to say also, you know, about this game though, and Peyton Manning, the 49ers are pretty good uh, against the run against well against quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. This year. I think they're yeah, second. Viral the power rankings. They're doing real nice. They're doing real nice, but. There's something about Peyton Manning when he plays on a primetime game. And as long as it's not the playoffs, it's, it's he's usually dominating. And again, the fact that it's in mile high, and this is, again, what they lost to Seattle, and they, and they gave them a run for their money in Seattle. This is the game that they have to win, as you said. I want to tie it all back into that to end it on, because this is what this team is built for. They, they added the defense so that when you face a defensive team like this, you have a defense to stop them, and the 49ers show that they do have some weapons on their receivers, but the Broncos need to blow them out. It's a momentum game for the 49ers. They're my team. I'm obviously going to stick with them. I think they're going to win the game. I think the Niners and this offense are going to keep it up. I don't think their defense is all that, but they have so many weapons. And, if, and, and I saw more touch passes and amazing plays by Kaepernick in last night's game 
than I've ever seen. That touch pass over looping to uh, Anquan Bolden is the best pass that Colin, Copper, Colin Kaepernick has had in his entire NFL career. Here's my question for you. <laughs> you like that? That was nice. You like that? Uh, like here's that. my question for you, though, as a guy who is the you know. Behind him, 100% yeah, yeah. as well, a I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I want him to do well. I yeah. wanted him to do well. Yeah. And and me, as a con Krapernick, up until this last game owner, I'm yep. curious and I want to know. The, and I saw those amazing passes he did too. Is that something that you think he takes and builds on, or is he go back to being the guy who's overthrowing the guys? He didn't who take knows? another stupid penalty. You know, who knows? Also, At the end know, of the day with him, or timeouts, I mean. Who knows? It looked nice. Who knows, at the end of the day, he needs to be, like we were talking about with the cam earlier, the guy needs to be running. He, for you to be really fired up, you got four touchdowns out of him last night, but if for him really to be a beneficial play for you, he's got to be running the See, ball. I don't think he has to be running. I think he has he to does. have the threat of running, because they, if they know he's going to run, then that puts the threat out. But what makes it so much better is that he still has got to be able to... This is why he's sucked so bad over all these other games and, and over the last year. There are third down plays where he's got a wide receiver wide open. I mean wide open and you overthrow him by two yeah, yards. Yeah, yeah. You, you just can't do that. The, the easy passes when there's no one around you and he doesn't have any pressure and he has trouble making those plays. Yet he makes that ridiculous touch pass with pressure coming on him. Uh, you know, looked like initially it was being thrown out of the end zone. Bolden has a touchdown. Crabtree finally has a touchdown. Did something. Crabtree's been one of the biggest busts. Uh, Before that touchdown, he was not seen draft in that game. You did not see him in that game. Wanu, who, uh, absolutely, I agree. Wanu is absolutely going to be a game breaker, hopefully for Kaepernick, but I still think it comes out of the run. Lloyd. And that the way that he, I don't really understand how he was able to Jedi mind trick this guy, but he slowed down and looked in the guy's eyes, Janoris Jenkins, last night. He looked in his eyes, and Jenkins slowed down. And then he just went. Was that the weirdest? He's not <laughs> he's so weird. he, he was running, and then all of a sudden he looked back and he's like, you should stop. There's nothing to see. <laughs> There's is, nothing to see. I'm not here. the receiver you're yeah. looking for. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's an Obi Wan, and then all of a sudden Jenkins is like slowing up and going, and then he just went and, and ran forward. It was one of those weird plays. Like, how did he pull that up? And, and, and you know, they said that was the longest play ever inside of for a touchdown inside of whatever the time was since the AFL NFL merger. Wow. In, inside any stadium, at the end of at the end, inside the last minute of a of a half or whatever, got it, longest got it, got touchdown, got it, got it. and because you've had like you know the hail marys fifty they were saying fifty six year, but never an eighty yard touchdown. That's the uh, longest ever. That this is a guy that was out of the league last year, and from everything I read, as a 49er fan, he's just so energetic and crazy. I guess in the in the video room and when they're going through weekly, he stands up and everything he's doing is like he's running in motion. This guy's nuts, and that's. Probably the reason why he was out of the league last year. He's, his energy matches with a Harbaugh, and actually they have so much talent, and they love him and being a part of this room. But this guy is just a nut. I love a Lloyd. The, the, the way the, the plays he makes. I, I think that the play he made two weeks ago two weeks was, even, was even better. Yeah, <laughs> the grab. He, 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 it looked like he jumped about 17 feet in the air. Yeah. To grab that one. It was he's insane. Had a, he's got he's a flair. He's got a flair. Wow, he always makes the great kill. catches. Flair for the oh. big play. It, it, Gore ain't going to do anything, I don't think, in this game. He's looking slower and slower. 
Denver's got a, Denver's got a very tough uh, defense. Even though it doesn't show up in the stats sometimes, just because they score so quick, so the other teams allowed to uh, to have more time with the ball. I just don't see Gore doing all that much in this one. Um, when it comes down to it, like I said, I think it's going to be a, a blowout. That's what about Hyde? What about Hyde? Uh, you're seeing more Hyde. You're seeing Hyde more in the mix. Hyde will get a little more guy that's one. available in some leagues. What do you think about Hyde going forward? Because I, I think that's the kind of guy that could be a difference maker. No or yeah? I, I, I don't think so so much. I think he's more of a future guy. I think he's more of a, a dynasty guy. Um, he'll still get he'll still get a few more touchdowns this year. I have no doubt about that. But he's, he's just, you're not going to see any 120, 130 yard games on never. him. You're not going to you know those those things aren't. It wouldn't shock me if he only had one game over fifty yards the rest of the year. He's just not getting as many touches as he should. And to be honest, I mean they they do have a lot of weapons. He, they don't need to get him the ball a ton. They have Frank Gore going, and they're, they're whatever. Hey, Mo, you got anything to say on this game, or should we go to the Monday night? No, we can go to the Monday night. I mean, Hyde, uh, he's been carrying the ball a little bit more. He's got double-digit carries the last three games, but I, I still like him more as a uh, dynasty player. Cool. All right, Monday night game. Texans are going to be at the Steelers. This one, I think we talked in our pre-game. <laughs> we weren't too excited about this game from a Monday night standpoint. But they sure can't pick up. What do we night. know? <laughs> we know yeah, what's, what's gonna happen. What's gonna happen here? Arian Foster. Let's be honest. This guy, this guy is. We talked about it at length. The guy's a great running back. I'm not going to go into it. I did my thing last week. Oh, it's like DeMarco Murray, I want to say. It's like the, the, the amount of carries that he's getting. The vision, but it's not even that. It's 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 good running. No, no. It's good running. It's the vision. It's the time. It's the waiting for the play to open up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you what. I'm, I'm actually kind These of amazed. These guys are really good. He's never had a good quarterback since he's been there, right? And Fitzpatrick is not a good quarterback. And Fitzpatrick should not be started in any fantasy formats. And Fitzpatrick is destroying what the... You, you see what DeAndre Hopkins has done. What would he do if he actually had a real quarterback there? Our start, their starting quarterback the previous three, four years that Foster was playing, as you're saying, went to the... Was jettisoned almost to the Raiders, which is just starting quarterback, Schaub. He's not playing crap. So it just shows you how little of an offensive leader... That Arian Foster had. Steve Go. Smith never had a quarterback. Went to Baltimore all of a sudden, rejuvenated right. with a, a strong arm quarterback. But when, when, no, when, when he had a quarterback when Cam, Cam, when Cam first came in, he, 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 he did. But he was what doing happens big when Andre Johnson finally moves up and goes to a team with a real quarterback. I hope it That'll happens. be interesting to see. Uh, I, have, I have a feeling that when he goes to oh, another so, team with a real out. quarterback, he'll be back up to 1,400 yards. Right. And I, I'm not going to say double the two touchdowns because that never happens. Yeah. But it would be a <laughs> very, I think that would right? be a great rejuvenation. Coming back to the running backs, I think this this, this no, no, adds no, no, up no. and lines up for a running game. Right. The, 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 the Steelers are not the Steelers of old. You have, you have Fitzpatrick can't throw. you got a guy who I'll, I'll probably I'll make my, my bold prediction for this one. At least one interception and if not also an interception and a forced fumble for Troy Palomalo. That wouldn't shock me at all. That would, that, that would not shock me at you've all. Got, you've, got, you've got Roethlisberger saying we're an average team, and it's obvious they are. This is not a great team. These are two teams that aren't that great. Yeah, no, I mean, the thing is that when you're, you're talking about Foster. Foster's had um, great offensive schemes 
for, lined up for running for a running back and offensive line. Um, it's worked out very well for him, and it, I'm not going to say he's but he's gonna not get as injured. good as you're saying. <laughs> but, he's gonna, it's, but he's going to get hurt. Here's the thing. Here's what's good about Foster. Foster. That's not where I was going. Foster had that heavy workload where when he did get hurt, when he did get hurt, he goes and he was dropping down. His yards per carry now is at 4.8, which is the second highest in his career. Uh, So he's on pace. He's had over 20 carries in four games. He's got over 100 yards in all those four games. He's got five touchdowns in those four games. Four of them, four touchdowns in the last two weeks rushing. I test. I test. Is there a better looking, sleeker looking running back? Maybe besides uh, DeMarco Murray. Possibly. I mean, he just. When he's, when he's out there, he's, that's the, the way he swings the ball out, it's like. It's it's like he's he's, he's gliding sailing. on rails. He's sailing. He's gliding. Gliding there's on a, rails. There's something just, very and it, it's weird that he's got always got the ball out very. It's weird that it doesn't get taken he's out. Deceptive. I'll tell you that he, he has an upright running style, as does Demarco. Um, but it makes him look like they're gliding somewhat. Okay, you know, they're not six footer. He's did. not. He's not a five foot ten. Yeah. Yeah. No. He is. He's a bigger. He's yeah. a bigger guy. So well, I, what what else do we think? Oh, what do you got, man? What else do we think of this game? You what? I think uh, he's kind of like um, 424 uh, carries is what uh, DeMarco Murray's on pace for. Uh, Aaron Foster's on pace for 339. I, I don't think it's sustainable. And he's missed so, a game. Right. Think about that. Yeah, he's already think missed a game. Right. Right. But he's on pace for 339, and DeMarco's on pace for what again? 424. 339 and 424. I, oh, my God. That's, I still want that's, that's as many I want, carries I want, as Darren Sproles gets in a year, the difference between them. I want that. I'll, I'll throw the bets right now. Anybody want to bet me 10 bucks a man straight up, neither one of them gets the 300 carries? Yeah, I'll bet, I'll bet oh, you on both. I'll bet you on both. All right. Ten bucks per. Well, ten bucks per guy. I'll take both. I'll ten bucks per. Right. Ten bucks per guy. All right, per you guy. got it. You Done got deal. it. All right. All right. Not really because I really think they're going to happen. But if I lose twenty bucks, it's still fun. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. See, and I'm with Doug on this one. Up. And if okay. you carry it out, if indeed this does happen, that's why guys like Joseph Randall and uh, Alfred Blue are really undervalued. But Randall's going to be cut. And they yeah, are going to get playing time before the year is out. Yeah, you were saying Randall's going to get cut. He's not. Dallas already said they forgive him. They forgive him. Yeah, they, Jerry they, Jones. They, they, they paid for the panties. And they said, let's get back to work. Jerry, Jerry, as is, 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 <laughs> I don't really know, but uh, Houdini showed us uh, a look earlier tonight a, a South uh, Park episode where one of the lines, it was the Goodell uh, episode, one of the lines was like, yeah, and... The people will know that the will start talking about how the 49ers aren't going to win and they're a terrible franchise, or that Jerry Jones's eyes are very far apart from one another. My eyes aren't too far apart. <laughs> <laughs> the fact is, <laughs> something's going to happen there, and I agree. It could be trouble, it could, but I'm sticking with these friggin' guys that are getting all these carries, all these points, and they're going to get hurt. I agree with you. I'm psyched that I bet on it. Uh-huh. I Nice. Wow, I like that. You sometimes are really great at pulling Michael Stipe into Broadway. I, I, I tell you, man. I bring Athens to the to the people. Amen. I mean, let's talk about the Steelers for a second and let's shut it down. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> no, 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 I don't, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> Let's just shut it down. Let's just shut it down. We're, we're at a point. We to be start. honest, we're at a point uh, where we're at three hours. Antonio Brown's always going to start. Antonio yeah. Brown, you start. Le'Veon, you start. Check out our player rankings. Dog, again, high five. Mo, three hours with you. It's a, it's an hour later for you. We know you're a teacher. You're, like you're, you're, shaping, you're shaping young minds out there in Michigan. And what you're doing is actually you're shaping sophisticated fantasy football minds through Pyromaniac. And we appreciate all the stuff that you're doing in the write-ups. We don't, we don't give credit in our player ranking write-ups. And we don't have each one say, hey, this is by Houdini, or this is by Mo, or this is by Stag Party, or this is by D-Rex, or this is by Dogmatica. But you are a major cog in those write-ups. And we appreciate it. You've been friggin' awesome. As always, just uh, just a part of uh, proud to be part of the fantasy goo that is Pyromania. You're awesome, man. You've been a big fan, and it's just uh, awesome to know where we've been emailing with uh, me. We've been you've been emailing with all of us. We talked about on podcast two years ago where you'd be like, D Rex, just want to let you know you are the best fantasy mind at Pyro. (laughs) And then we'd be hanging out like, yeah, this Mo guy loves me. Like, what do you thought of? Loves me. No, he loves me. They're like, this guy's crazy. We love him. Uh, so, amen. It's awesome that you're contributing so much. And that, again, I've said this before to you. I've said it on the podcast. You've gotten the pyro voice and are literally a brother in, of ours with such ease on this. It's awesome. So, great to have you on the show. Keep it up. We're fired up. Dogmatica, the stuff you're doing, number five, number one. What I will say again, Fantasy Football Pros, I think this is right, but in the last four weeks, Dogmatica has been first out of 136, I think it was that week, and then this week, he was number five. That is top five in the last four weeks. No one else can say it. You're the shit. Houdini, you're the bomb. Keep it up, man. You're firing it up. Keep asking us these questions, listeners. Week seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So, All the children going to heaven. And we uh, we opened up with uh, the uh, mothership, uh, star child, uh, parliament, funkadelic. We are going to close it out. George. Even, even if you're in dark times, know that there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And it can be a flashlight from the P-Funk.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.